happening, everyone? Welcome to the Paranormies. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I am joined by Reinhardt. What's up, man? How's it going, everybody? Doing well, doing well. Uh, also joining us this evening, down to the dungeon, not taking notes, joining us on the mic, Grognak. What up? What's going on, guys? Hunting seals. Need that heel seal skin to stay warm, right? Seal skin? Well, are you hunting yes. the seal that's detransitioning? I'm hunting make-believe seals in my <laughs> make-believe dungeon. Okay. <laughs> what, you, you, I mean, what I had said wasn't, wasn't a joke. Remember this seal that transitioned? Remember him? Her, him, her, shim, herm. No. There was a Navy SEAL that trannied, remember? You guys don't remember this, Reinhardt? Yes, and they're, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Well, well they, were a drop, they, were, they were a dropout. They weren't a full-on. Oh, I thought this one had the trident and everything. Uh, if they had the trident, I would say they were probably pushed through for that reason. Uh, hmm. I... <clears throat> Hang on, you know what? I'm gonna play intern here. Yeah, I'm I'm looking that up. Yeah, Kristen Beck, Kristen Beck, Navy Seal, and Chris Beck. Yes, Chris Beck, Kristen Beck. Okay, so so I saw today, and again, I did the thing where you you see a post, and then you close your phone, and you open it back up, and then you can't find it. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Found it. Former Navy. Excuse me, former transgender Navy SEAL announces detransition, says he was propagandized and pulled into a cult. Everyone is converting all these kids into transgender. Former Navy SEAL Chris Beck, who gained national attention for coming out as Kristen Beck in a 2013 interview with CNN's Anderson Cooper, announced Thursday that he is detransitioning back to being a man. Back to being a man. And used badly by a lot of people. Oof. All right. That can't be going well. I mean, so basically brainwashing. Yeah. I got taken advantage of. I got propagandized. I got used badly by a lot of people who had knowledge way beyond they knew, way beyond me that they knew what they were doing. You're a Navy SEAL. He wrote a book called Fucking Warrior Princess. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me you were brainwashed that bad. <laughs> oh, what happened to the fucking. <laughs> Was there like a. Oh, um, oh, Maybe he had the parasite Christ. cleansing. What did it, yeah, maybe he did it. Maybe he did. Maybe he got maybe. on Telegram. Maybe he I, was one of the people that got onto the internet ghetto that is Telegram and uh, and found himself on the Assmaster 69's channel, The Worm Pill. I don't know, dude. Who the fuck knows? Quite possibly. Quite possibly? I said quite possibly. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm hearing things. Oh, God. Is it the worms? It's the worms. They're speaking to me again. They're in all of us. No, they don't just make you gay. Like there's, there's a lot of things. They make the you do a do. lot of stuff. Like, I don't know. They make you do a lot of stuff. Supposedly, but mostly make you gay. Supposedly. Yes. There's a lot. Yeah. I mean, like, well, I mean, we got our buddy in the, in our chat, Bilbo Jenkins, who is forever up updating us on his parasite cleanses. And I'd like to, not necessarily thank you for the photo updates, but uh, they're at least um, informative, let's just say. Yeah. Hey, the guy does what he can. He provides content. We'll call it content. We'll call that content. I mean, you know. It's going to say information. Right? Information, content, whatever. Whatever. Um, oh, dude. So Chris Beck, he, he says that... Uh, CNN used him and destroyed his life. Oh, 
many such cases. Many such cases. Oh well. Oh no. Uh, so there's a you know this isn't the, the Nationalist Enquirer, but it seems like it should be. Um, I'm putting this. I'm I'm putting this in the uh, in the NE for for Tuesday. By the way, just just so you guys know, it has to go. This Chris Beck thing, like, there's no way we can't we can't not talk about this. Tuesday night's gonna be lit, fellas. I would not miss the Nationalist Enquirer if I was a listener. By the way, we have a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Yay, Good Lord. Yay did some things like you know we're gonna we're gonna have Yay, you know we're gonna have Yay on the show. We are definitely gonna do our best to get Yay on. Uh, we we reached out to the people that we know that know Yay, and um have said uh now that you've gone on alex jones you know you have nowhere else to go but the paranormies pretty much i mean you can even you know you wear whatever name brand mask you want i don't care do you reinhardt grognak anybody i don't wear masks dude he can wear that's not what i said reinhardt were you even listening he can wear full plate mail that's what i'm saying mail he could I don't care. Absolutely. He carry a wizard staff. I don't give he, a shit if he wore a fucking scuba suit and a Viking helmet. Like, you know what I mean? No. Okay. The, scu- the scuba suit would have been good. Actually, that would have been funny. Well, yeah. I'm mean, like saying he wear he wear an astronaut. He can wear an astronaut suit with all the patches ripped off. I don't give a shit. Like <laughs> he come with a he can come with a fishbowl on his head and pretend it's an astronaut helmet. What about the what about the black Viking look? Yeah. Like Cognac mentioned. Yeah. Like I said, Go, I don't care. Go some chain mail. Yeah, dude. Some. Some scale mail and a tail. I don't give a shit, dude, as long as he comes on the show. Just a t-shirt saying the Holocaust was the joke. You know, I heard he's basically his own bodyguard now because, you know, Christ is his, you know, protection. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, this is so much stuff. Okay. Oh, we're going to miss. We're going to miss. We're going to have to. Okay. We're going to have to do a prep call to take notes for Tuesday. <laughs> We have, right. we have a lot to do before Tuesday, and we will have a lot to do on Tuesday. Absolutely. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be lit. It will be bussing for real, for real, no cap on God. That's right. Yeah. No. You're, sty- you're stunned no. silence. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, so moving on. Um how I haven't heard back from from the dissident apparel guy on how the, the pre-orders have gone, but the pre-orders are now the regular orders. Those people who have pre-ordered should be receiving shirts soon is what I was I believe is going on. Yes. Yes. Yep. So he's actively printing and sending out the merch. Yes. So your I hate the Antichrist and all your other cool paranormies stuff will be delivered shortly. Yay. Or Christmas. Yeah. Also, get in, yeah, get in there and buy more stuff. I mean, buy, buy, buy your significant other a Paranormies hoodie. Buy your little brother a Paranormies t-shirt. You buy know. your mother-in-law and I hate the Antichrist hoodie. Why not? I, I got the coolest mail the other day. Some Paranormies stickers. Yes. And pa- paranormal stickers. Well, the paranormal stickers. No, well, yeah, we have we have we have a guy who does etching stuff, and he did he did those very cool uh, dog tags for all of us. It's very cool. Yes, it says Grognak yep. on it. It's the coolest. Add them to my keys. Does yep. yours say Grognak? No, it doesn't say Grognak. It says Reinhardt. That makes sense. Uh, oh, yours yeah. says Reinhardt. Mine says Johnny Monoxide. Okay, that makes. They sense. have our names on them. Hmm. 
he's been- all of our personalized names. <laughs> also, Johnny, have you used your uh, your silver bag I, from actualactivist.com yet? I have not. But I'd like to thank our buddy Packrat though for uh, for the stickers and for the um, for the dog tags. Also, our buddy V from Telegram, uh, thank you for the book, The Klansman. I am have already started it. It's an old. It's an old uh, man. When is this book? This book was written. Good lord! It's one of those those cloth cover books, like old old. And a sticker fell out of it. This is I hate stickers. You're a funny guy, V. I just noticed the sticker. Thank you for that. He sent me a sticker that says, I hate stickers. This book says, to the memory of a Scotch-Irish leader of the South, my uncle, Colonel Leroy McAfee, Grand Titan of the Invisible Empire Ku Klux Klan. Written, oh, published. Oh, wow, copyright 1905. There we go. Oh, wow. Mm Mm-hmm. So this really is cool. this is the second in a book in a series. Uh, the first, the leopard spots, I believe, is the first one. I don't know. I gotta I gotta find out what the the first one was. Oh, it's a three part series. So I wonder what the third one is called. Too. This is a very old book. I am very looking forward to reading this one. It's, it's uh, yeah. Anyways, thank you, sir. Um, this one just got moved up to the top of the pile of books that I need to read. Uh, also, we received, man, we received some other stuff. I can't remember because I don't have it here. It's at the office. Um, what else did we get in the mail? Reinhardt, didn't I tell you what we got? No, I sent it no, all out. No, you did not. I sent it all out. Okay. I got some cards. Cards? Yeah, we got the, well, we got the race war cards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The race war, those were old. Yeah, those came a while ago. I just finally those, got around to send it. Those them were forever ago. Now, we also did get our engraved, our pewter wizards and their yes. orbs that they ponder. Yes, those were another thing that was supposed to go out a long time ago. But I, yes. I'm a, well, I don't, the thing is, is like, you know, if I was to use, because it costs like, you know, between five to 12 bucks to mail something nowadays. And, you know, if I mailed all of your stuff individually, Reinhardt, that would have been like $60 worth of postage. Well, you could just come and say hi. You're still, now and then. you're six and a half hours away. It's a 12 hour drive. It's, it's more like four hours. No. We need, From where I'm at? the teleporter. Eh, four and a half. Is it? No. Yeah, it's, it's more well, you're like on the, the four side. and a half to okay, five so hours. You're, you're on, okay, so you're on the closer side then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, never mind. Okay. Never mind. But I love, I love my my pewter Saruman. Thank you very much. Yeah, where did those come from? I can't remember. Who uh, those were James in our chat who has left. Right. He he left Telegram for a while, came back, um, but he's always watching, always listening. Thank you very much, James. Yes, we appreciate my wizard, it. My wizard is pondering right now. And as far as I remember, it was a friend of his mm-hmm. that did It was those. a friend of his that made them for him. And I was like, ooh, I want one. And he made one for all of us. Yeah. We have cool fans, cool listeners. Very we cool. really do. Thank you very much. Yes. Also, uh, V sent a local chocolate cake. And that was, that's gone. Sorry, guys. None of you guys. Yeah. I have a 16-year-old. Nice. He got to it before I could get to it, actually. It happens. Well, you do what you can. Yes. Uh, what else we have for news? Um, 
It's coming up on the end of the season. We are in December. It is cold. It has been freezing. It was warm today, but it last all like early this week and end of last week has been really cold. So it's, yeah, it's been raining and windy. Yeah. Nothing like what it used to be up in Washington. Good lord. It was it right now it's like seventy mile an hour winds all day long and pouring rain. Yeah, thanks, Harp. Very cool. Yeah, right. But um yeah, it's wintertime. Uh, we'll be coming up at the end of the season. We'll be taking our end of the season break and coming back with season eight with a whole lot of new stuff for you. Uh, but before that happens, we have a few more shows for you. We have a couple of guests that are still yet to join us. One returning guest, one new guest who's I can't wait to talk to him. Um, what else? What else we got? The year end wrap up. Yeah, year end wrap up, and boy. Well, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but our break's going to be fun. Like, I'm, I am betting you we're going to have to do at least, what do you think, two interim shows? Mm. Maybe like an hour each. Something's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Something's going to happen Something like in the happens. first week of the new year. Well, last year it was January 6th. And right. this year it was, what was it this year? It was uh, the Dugan... Oh, that was that was during season break. It was uh, mid season break? Was the Dugan car explosion? Remember? Yeah, Dugina, where's my car? No way, that wasn't. Well, that was mid season over the summer. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I said mid season over the summer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I thought I heard like end of season last year. No, what was it? Oh, good the, lord. What was the in between the season last year? I don't think we had one. We didn't have a. I don't think we had. I think that one was actually slightly peaceful. Yeah, it was January sixth in twenty one and twenty two. Yeah, but I'm not going to count on it for twenty for twenty three. Yeah, I'm not counting anything out because who the hell knows what's going on with these people? And I use that term "people" very loosely when it comes to these individuals. All right, well, these people. Yeah, right. Um, any other any other shit posty stuff we need to get out of the way before we get into the content? No. no, let's skin us. Nope. Let's, let's let's skin us a cryptid. All right, yeah. Please, let's get to it. All right, all right, all right. So we get yelled at all the time for not doing enough cryptid episodes, for not doing enough spoopy episodes, for not doing enough. You know. So we're gonna do cryptids tonight. Uh, everybody's favorite cryptid, well, not everybody's, but most people's favorite cryptid is Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Right? I mean, it's a huge industry. Actually, speaking of that. Uh, I got a buddy at work. He is from Colorado. He is out of the uh, one of the Colorado local unions. He's working with me, and um, he just got back for, uh, from Thanksgiving, going to visit, his, going back to his families, and he came back with some stickers. And his sticker from his local has the Bigfoot foot, right? And it's got the silhouette of Sasquatch. And he's like, "It's so stupid. There's not even any. There's not even any Sasquatch in Colorado." I was like, "Bro." Just, There's Sasquatch everywhere. I was like, "Is this thing serious?" <laughs> is this? I was like, I, "I was like, I'm doing the bit where like I don't do the bit at work, right? That's like the big thing now for me is to not do the bit at all, right? Like, even a little, like, yeah." So that would be a hilarious sketch all on its own, just like I'm zooming just, in on your face when your coworkers say something. Just oh yeah, well, it'd be like a scene out of the it's office. It's basically like the it's the gym like drinking out of the coffee cup like at all times. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gym from the office. That's I'm a so, different version of that, or like or like Michael making that 
face. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> one of the two at all times. That and like the the yellow guy, not the shrugging yellow guy, but the other yellow guy. Just a, mm-hmm. well, when when you're in Colorado, like trying not to talk about Chaco Canyon. Don't talk about Chaco Canyon. Just right. Don't talk about it. Get right. Exactly. But that's pretty much it, dude. And anyways, he's he's like, so yeah, there's there's not even any Sasquatch in Colorado. I'm like, bro, are you kidding me? There was 146 sightings in the past 10 years. He's like, how do you know this? I was like, never mind. I just like Bigfoot. <laughs> so anyway, in preparation for this week's episode, I went back and I looked into the $6 million man Bigfoot episodes. And? It, 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 they they hold they don't hold up at all. I I tried. They're terrible. <laughs> They're terrible. <laughs> you did chuckle. Oh, I chuckled quite a bit. I chuckled quite a bit. But like there's Andre, a morbid chuckling. Like Andre the Giant as Bigfoot. Like I'm pretty sure that's who played him. And so you watched The Princess Bride? Yes, it was. It was Andre. It was Andre the Giant played in the Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, this was from. Oh man. Uh. 1976, February 1st, 1976, yeah. The the Secret of Bigfoot, part one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, there is, yeah. It starts off with Bigfoot. But anyways, we're not talking about Bigfoot. We're not talking about Sasquatch. It's wintertime, so it's cold. So we're going to talk about cold weather cryptids. Mainly, mainly one that lives way up in the mountains, up there in the rooftop of the world, the Himalayas, the Yeti. The abominable snowman, even. What do you think, guys? He's a weird I, one. You know, the only thing I never found an answer to is why he's called abominable. I don't know. Maybe it was because he just, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought he just wanted to have a pet named George. That was, just my, that was my impression. Um, An abominable would have been given in it probably was given to him by a Brit. That sounds like a title. Oh, it would have had to have been. Yeah. Like one of the Brits in the, in the tours, the Himalayas. Oh, it was an abominable snowman. As he's ripping his rib cage in half. Yeah. Right. It was an abominable snowman. <laughs> a snowman is what it would be. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, quite, quite. Oh, he appears <laughs> to be ripping my innards out. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Getting his windpipe crushed. Right. Right. By mm. like two fingers. Yes. Excuse me, Chesterfield. He's he's getting things on my good spats. He's getting, <laughs> he's getting my entrails on my good spats here. Yes. <laughs> yes. The the yeti, the creature of the Himalayas. Yes. I mean, one of. I'm like combining like I'm combining like like British guy and like Archer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, both both are pretty funny. Yeah. I actually, dude, I actually watched Archer for like two hours the other day. I feel nice. I feel I feel bad because it's such a terribly degenerate, I, awful show. Very Jewy, very kiked, like completely. Yeah, I haven't watched that in like. But it's so fucking funny. I can't help it, like, because we know all the stuff, like all the CIA stuff and all like the the winks and the, the like. We get all the winks, right? Like, was right. what was the show on Netflix? What's the show on Netflix? The conspiracy theory show, the cartoon one. The one like with the the dude that drew Big Mouth. It's the same one, right? Same artist, right? No, oh, no, um, they have more. They have another show. There's a show about I, about a, this the chick who runs the CIA, and her dad is like a retired agent, and he's out in front of the White House screaming about aliens. You never saw the previews for that cartoon? I think nope. I remember. Are you kidding I, me? I have no idea. Reinhardt, we had it on the channel for like a week. 
Yeah, we covered it coming out, I think. We covered it coming out. It's called like Conspiracy that, Theories or something. That must have been an off week for me. I haven't paid attention. They also have that show, The Penteverit, with um, Michael, what's his name? Mike Myers. Oh, yeah. Like the, yes. good, the good guy version of the Illuminati. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, that one I have seen. Okay, the show's called Inside Job. I'm sorry, and it's not the conspiracy. Yeah, Inside Job. That's what it's called. And it's from the same artist, the same uh, guy who drew um, Big Mouth, I believe. Oh, so it's or not no, Gravity uh, Matt Groening? I'm, I'm sorry, Gravity Falls is the same guy that Gra- Gravity Falls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With the weird guy with the Freemason hat and the fez at all. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like um well that show is like uh, Rick and Morty for kids. It's terrible. It's like Rick and Morty for kids with more Illuminati stuff. It's like less mm-hmm. l- less less transhumanism and more Illuminati. Weird. All terrible. Yeah, but anyways, inside job is the same sort of deal. Like like all the winks and nods and stuff, we get all that stuff. Like normies don't though. You know, it's like, again, you know, like a normie could sit down and watch a movie and see, see, you know, whatever. And we could sit down and watch it. We get all the esoteric stuff. It's the same deal with that. Anyhow. um, Yeah. Where were we going with this from the Yeti? I don't remember. How do we get to, how do we get onto Netflix from that? Yeah, I don't know. Well, the, I mean, the Yeti is on Netflix. The Yeti is, is a part of several films um i mean both popular and like b movies isn't there like a bigfoot versus yeti documentary there is yeah it's really silly Uh, um i watched a few minutes of that really weird but 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 the yeti the yeti resides supposedly in the himalayas in nepal um it's been it's been seen as real for many generations in at least a half a dozen countries from like Pakistan to Tibet. Um, you know, there, there's tigers and bears and wild dogs and big old mountain forests up there. Mountains ranges like, you know, you only see in movies. The Himalayas are huge. Um, well, north and north of the Himalayas, you have the Tian Shen uh, mm-hmm. going through Uzbekistan into like northern China, mm-hmm. and there have been similar sightings up in there. So, I mean, just even a couple hundred miles north, few hundred, sure. Um, but in the, in these same climates, in these mountain ranges, you see similar sightings. Mm-hmm. Um, the the fact remains, up in these impossible, seemingly impossible to live elevations. There is something that lives up there, or a group of somethings that right, are right that either live there or somehow manage to somehow be there at times. Maybe other times not. We'll get into that later. Yeah, um, eight eight to twelve feet tall. What very very tall? Eight to twelve feet tall with huge feet. Like, do you think Bigfoot's got big feet? These things are literally the Bigfoot. Like they're known for having like extremely oversized snowshoe type feet. Um. Right. Real quick, the term Yeti itself, uh, it's a merger of the Sherpa words Ya, which means rock or cliff, and Te, which means animal, so rock animal. And, well, some researchers have um, actually thought that the term comes from a Sanskrit term, Yakasha, Yaksha, excuse me, which, they, which means hairy being with superhuman strength. Hmm. Well, isn't that just incredibly descriptive? Yes, yes. <laughs> um, now, well, Johnny, you were... Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say, no, what were you going to say? You go first. Well, I was going to say, you're talking about the footprints. Um, 
uh, we can get to this later, but uh, the last one of the last ones that was found was an entire foot long. Yes. Well, that's like a, what's a foot? It's a size twelve. Thirty centimeters. No, I mean, what's the long? size? Like in in sizes, what is oh. a foot long? Foot is that a size? You know, like I don't know, twelve, thirteen. It's you still know, it's still pretty massive. That's yeah. one of the things that struck me about the the prints that this thing leaves. You know, people can even really good and really bad Bigfoot prints can be done. And it's easy for people who really study them to find the real ones, right? They know, they know what they look like, but these things are in snow. So like this, the imprints in the snow have nothing around them except these huge strides. Right. Oh, and they're, yeah, yeah. And the distance between the, between the strides is enormous. Okay. The other thing, Reinhardt, mm-hmm. so a, a foot long foot from toe to tip of the heel would be a size 14 shoe. So it's not 14. That, that's All not right. that big. So well, and, big. and remember too, they're abnormally shaped, right? Well, considering like Shaq wears a size twenty. All right, but he's Shaq. I, he's I genetically engineered. I, I, I know, I know, but I, <laughs> I know a guy. One of my best friends is six four, and he wears a size sixteen shoe. Oh, fair enough. So, like, that's not an abnormally. I mean, that's I guess it's that's a pretty big shoe for a human, but like a twelve, you know, what I mean, a twelve inch foot isn't exactly that long, like a size. It's a size 14, you know, so it's not now, that that big. So, I mean, I was maybe 12 inches wide. Those things, I, they got to be bigger than 12 inches, dude. Those, those footprints well, have to be. I'm, I'm looking. Yeah. Like up. if you're looking on um, like NBC, you remember the Josh Gates picture, which is mm-hmm. one of the most famous uh, footprints recently found. Yeah. Look that's what we're going to talk about that is that there were there were Yetis that were uh, Yeti footprints that were seen recently. Yeah. I don't know if we want to get ahead of ourselves, but I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to do that, but no, I mean, but it, it's just, it just goes to show you that there are, um, you know, that there are sightings recently. I mean, from as far back to, I mean, like Pliny the elder circa 300 BC in India. You know, I mean, like they talk about old ones, like Alexander the great talked about the Yeti. Yeah. How insane is that? Like to think, well, most most normies don't understand that Alexander the Great and the Greeks made it to India, that there was a kingdom of Bactria, which was like Greek yeah. Buddhists. Right. So Alexander in that the Great, area. Yeah, like he went he went to conquer Persia and India in 326 BC. Right. And he got almost as far as Kashmir, which is pretty pretty far east considering, right? Um, and he had heard the rumors about the wild men of the snow who were described as something like satyrs, who are like the, the Greek gods with the body of a man, but like horns and right. uh, legs of an animal. So, um, uh, Someone serve me a Yeti. Right. Someone serve me a Yeti, basically, is what he, is what he said. And uh, the local legends... I guess the locals said that they couldn't bring one down to him because they couldn't survive. Kind of like when you bring like a rock cod up from the depths of the ocean, they burp up their swim belly because they can't live outside of the pressure. The Yeti can't live at sea level, I guess. So they can't bring it down, they said. That's kind of silly. But um, But also they just have no control over the thing. Well, there's that. I mean, obviously that, but. uh, Where's uh, where is the Okay, that's the Indian army. I can imagine his disappointment. Yeah, I, I had a, I had a, a thing about um, went all the way out there, right? He went all the way to India to capture the freaking thing. You know, Alexander the Great, not Alexander the Average, Alexander the Great. 
Well, he he probably lost some elephants and wanted some giants for his, right, for his right, army. Right, 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 right. So yeah, okay. So he, the people failed to bring it to him. Yeah, hmm. that's all. That's that's all it says there. I thought there was more of it. But anyway, so there was yeah. So three hundred BC was the the first official recorded, I guess, mentioning in uh, history of um, you know major history outside of maybe India and and the Himalayas of uh of the yeti you know and that's 300 bc where's that list go i just had the list of all well it's pretty incredible and it, it corroborates many ancient stories that we have about uh giant populations mm-hmm. throughout the world mm-hmm. throughout the ancient world i mean you mentioned Pliny the elder uh Pliny the younger talked about some uh obviously uh josephus did uh, several ancient writers the thing about the yeti too is it's always described as this feral creature right it's it's never it has never seemed to be described as like kind of like giants are like a human adjacent kind mm-hmm. of thing giants at least are are human appearing mm-hmm. the yeti's always been ape-like well man-like so what pliny well, the elder man, actually man ape-like what, what pliny the elder actually wrote was in the land of the satyrs, in the mountains that lie to the east of India, live creatures that are extremely swift, as they can run on both four feet and on two. They have bodies like men, and because of their speed, can only be caught when they are ill or old. And that's all he wrote. Yeah, so they're, they're still described as animalistic, mm-hmm. obviously with man, man-type characteristics, but mixed with animals. Many times when you see like in Western mythology, so in like Greek mythology, even Near Eastern, Phoenician, Canaanite, Egyptian, uh, you see giants and things, they are described with more human characteristics mm-hmm. other than like a cyclops. Um, but with this, you do see more of, of a man-ape quality, which I think is fed into like evolution and all that crap. Mm. It's a monster. Interesting. I mean, that much is clear. Well, yeah. I mean, well, that, there's, okay. there's the you theory. You can try to talk Maybe. to Maybe. Sorry. No, hold on. Sorry. It won't respond to you. It won't, won't talk to you. What happened? Mm. What? No, what happened? <laughs> like, if you fight it, if you come across a Yeti, you, sorry, you can't talk to it. It won't uh, talk to you. It's just going to attack you. Maybe if you have TV cameras. This is your DM telling you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's I'm just joking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean... There's there you think are it would communicate with you. Well, there's theories that now hold on. There are theories that in the Himalayas there are portals, right? To like um, Shangri La and uh, uh, the, the Hollow Earth, Agartha, Agartha, right? Yeah. So there are theories that the Yeti um, use these portals to like phase in and out interdimensionally into our world and into their back into their world and whatever and that's why they don't see them very often that these are like a spirit being or an, an interdimensional sort of being well it's it's very similar to bigfoot here right um right Which, as i've said before <clears throat> and that was the that was the thing with the um the six million dollar man stuff is that bigfoot was kind of interdimensional and could like pass in between dimensions right yeah and we're and we're hearing a lot more recent stories from and i hate to talk about like north america and everything but recent stories from north america of bigfoot sightings that have to do with uh with uh, uh telepathy and um 
communication. Right, more paranormal too. And paranormal yeah. styles of communication. So like said, telepathy and um yeah, mostly telepathy. Right. Which we we admittedly haven't heard much from the Yeti. However, I mean that is a far more remote well, situation than like the backwoods of Wisconsin. Right. You know? Or or the Ozarks in Missouri or right. uh, Colorado, which apparently there are there, in Colorado. there haven't been a hundred something sightings in the last like five years. So, yeah, so exactly. here's a question I had on, unlike Bigfoot, who seems to be very regionalized where there's like several of them all over North America. Um, is there just one Yeti? Do you think there's just one like magnificent legendary spiritual? No. Yeti. You can go no. through party portals. No. no. Several. Yes. Okay. I think, I think there is a group. Well, Pliny did say pushed. you catch them when they're older, right? Right. It's kind of like, it's yeah. kind of like, remember when they went to Chewbacca's planet? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate to use oh Star Wars. I hate no, to use Star no, Wars. We are getting, we are getting towards Christmas. From, right? We are getting towards Christmas. But yeah, that was the Christmas episode, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was a Christmas, <laughs> Christmas with the Ewoks. Do I get any Chewy. points for no, for knowing that? That's an old one too. That was like from when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're a nerd. Yes, wow. yes. You get you get many points, nerd. <laughs> um, no, I I agree though. There, there I but, think there is a community out there, uh, wherever out there is. I mean, like uh, right. And we've said, look, and this is where people are gonna be like, oh wait a minute, you said the space isn't real and this is it. There's balls, balls. Well, I mean, if the simulation theory turns out to be real, there's or if the computer uh, motherboard theory turns out to be real, or any of the other multitude of theories that we've postulated on this show turn out to be real, then there definitely is places for other things elsewhere. So um, that's what I was, uh, Reinhardt, you were saying that uh, they're usually like corporal or whatever, but this Anna Satara, Anna Satara, the, uh, that travel blog, women, um, she wrote about, uh, how they seemed to be, she felt that she felt the presence of the Yeti when she went to Tibet, right? In her story. And um, she had like a spiritual encounter with what she said. Okay, here we go. This is what she said. It suddenly struck me and it was clear the Yeti were a group of interdimensional beings living in and through the Himalaya and particularly, particularly associated with locations near energy nodes or high vibrational sites. Now she's doing new agey stuff. However, again, many people have talked about the portals in in the Himalayas. And I mean, there have been uh, documented uh, explorers documenting these, you know, portals and uh, places that seem to have energy. Right. Well, if there's if there's high places in the Near East like Mount Hermon and Mount Zaphon, then there definitely in, in is Turkey, in Himalayas as well. Why wouldn't? Yeah, why wouldn't they be in the Himalayas? Right, and but they have. <laughs> and again, I mean, like even the Dalai Lama and the people before him have have said the same about the Himalayas. So yeah, and there's, again, that's there's the clearly to, something there. That's the entrance to Shangri La. Yeah. And again, which is what what else she says. Uh, they're not physical in the standard third dimensional sense, and so do not leave traditional tracks and signs like other third dimensional physical beings. Hmm, this is where she's wrong because there are definitely tracks, which we will maybe get to. maybe they could leave them if they desire to. Or maybe yeah, when they appear, well, when they appear, maybe they can appear physically and three dimensionally. Uh, yeah, but they do. When seem people to, trail them, they do just disappear. They do. They disappear without just a trace, like tracks, and gone. 
Right. So yeah, I don't. Maybe they shift in and out of dimensions, like or 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 like I've said with the Bigfoots is that um, they're able to. You know, we only see in a certain small bit of the of the spectrum. The visible light spectrum is very small. Uh, they could just shift to a part of the spectrum somehow that we can't see. Also, well, that I mean, they could shift to a part of the spectrum that only the mantis shrimp could see, considering they're far beyond us. Mantis shrimp? Yeah, you've never heard of the mantis shrimp? I know what mantis shrimp are. They're terrible things. I hate them. Yeah, they are terrible things. And pistol shrimp, but they their their perception tank. is far beyond us. Oh yeah, they they can like literally see into the future. It's very strange, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like flies. Well, fl- flies, the house fly. That's why it's hard yeah. to hit a fly when it's moving because they are literally seeing further into the future than we are, can perceive. They can see faster than we can move. It's weird, but it's uh, it's science. I'm I'm I mean, just gonna say I trust the Lord on on his creation of those things but (laughs) but no with with these creatures yes it seems to me that when they appear in this physical plane they they leave footprints they leave physical evidence they leave hair stuck in trees and Mm -hmm. on rocks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hair that has been tested before right um and hair that was tested and it was not found to be a species of bear by the way Exactly. Yes. Multiple times. Multiple times. Multiple times. Yes. So, and that's that's one of the things. There's. I have an article pulled up. Uh, where is it? Uh, yes, here it is. DNA analysis reveals Yeti hair is not an unknown species of bear. Um. The the, the, the key piece of evidence biologists use DNA analysis. Uh, they originally. Uh, claimed it belonged to a scientifically undiscovered species of bear. So, um, the researchers conclude that from the color, the shape of the samples, they were likely to come from blah, 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 rather from a, yeah, rather from an unknown species of bear. They concluded that no samples. Wait a second. Well, they've they've wanted to push this off as some kind of unknown uh, right. megafauna bear, right, right, cave right. bear, polar bear, mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. For a very long time, because part of yeah, part of what goes along with this this Yeti theory is admitting that also Bigfoot could be real. That there is a separate group out there of some kind of hybrid species, whether you believe it's mixed with man or not, mm-hmm. some kind of species that is very intelligent, very tall, very powerful, um, that is currently in hiding. So as far as like Darwinian evolution goes, this was the missing link. They didn't, they, they wanted to make it the missing link, even though it wasn't, they wanted to relegate it to that level. Well, yeah. And there's the other popular science.com. Yetis are real. They just also happen to be Himalayan brown bears. Don't worry. It's still an awfully (laughs) mysterious bunch of bears. Written by, written by Sarah Chodosh. An associate editor at PopSci, where she writes about everything from vaccine hesitancy to extreme animal sex. Mm. So she is definitely an authority on Yeti fur. Sorry. She's a female. Sorry. Yeah, she's a faggot. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, my God. Um. 
So the uh, early 20th century, actually, it was the late 19th century. Let me go back to this list of uh, Yeti sightings, right? And where did I put it? There it is. So um, after Pliny the Elder, not a lot of people sighted the Yetis, or at least reported sighting Yetis until a lot of the Anglo uh, exploration of the of the Nepalese mountains, right? Um, you've got Major Lawrence Waddell in 1889. You've got William Hugh Knight in 1888. You've got... We have Brian Brian Hodgson in the 1830s. Oh, where's yeah, where's that one? Oh yeah, Brian uh, just a, Brian Houghton Hodgson, Nepal, 1830. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he so his native hunters that were gar- that were uh, guiding him in 1832 were frightened by a wild man. He was covered in long dark hair and had no tail. Hmm. Mm. Yes. So the earliest Western account of a wild man in the Himalayas dates from 1832 and is given by Brian Houghton Hodgson, the court of Nepal's first British resident and the first Englishman permitted to visit this forbidden land. Hmm. So the first guy ever to go up there was the first man to see the Yeti. Interesting. Well, it's kind of like Magellan visiting the uh, southern Argentina, Tierra del Fuego region, mm-hmm. and being the first people to record a thriving civilization of giants down there. Right, right. Um, they recorded them quite extensively, actually, their dealings, I mean, both good and bad, and recorded them in art. Um, kind of like that. So, it, you know, we don't know. It's right. 1830s, that's right kind of in the sweet spot of where maybe just before we see kind of a reset happening and it's after so much. I mean, the age of exploration and right. uh, I mean, of course, yeah, it's, well, this is before the age of exploration this is the 1930s, but I mean, no, no, uh, no, I'm talking 1500s age of exploration. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. 15, 1600s, lots of rewriting of history from middle ages, dark ages to Renaissance, oh, right. all that kind of stuff. Right. Absolutely. Hmm. So who knows what could have been there? Right. Nobody knows. But then going on, I mean, then then there was the 1880s, you know, when everybody started exploring. And then the 1930s, you had Major Bill Tillman in northern India in 1937. Um, let's go back to the, 18, the 1800s once we got here. Uh, oh, can we go to Lawrence Waddell? Yeah, that's the Northern India, Major Lawrence Waddell, circa 1889. The first sighting of Yeti footprints by a Westerner was made by English soldier and explorer Major Lawrence Waddell. He was a professor of Tibetan culture and a professor of chemistry, a surgeon and an archaeologist, and he had roamed Tibet in disguise. That last part, was that necessary, like the disguise part? Like, do we need to know that part? So that's actually a very interesting story. Oh, um, is there part? Is he? Okay. Yeah, he is. So Westerners were not allowed into uh, the city in Tibet in, um, um, oh my goodness. Is it Lhasa? I think it's Lhasa. Um, Westerners were not allowed at the time. It was, it was just closed off religiously. Um, they could not make it, and they were the British were trying to break through for 
you know, trade and control. Right. And uh, Lawrence wanted to, I mean, really, he'd grown up like learning languages and wanted to learn more about the world. So he was like, you know, screw you guys. I'll, I'll just do what I can and <laughs> made it through under the radar and actually lived there for a few weeks, a couple of months, actually, under the radar in disguise uh, before he was caught. That's funny. Okay, so um, and he did it a couple of times. Well, he's the yeah, he's the uh, he's basically the real life precursor to Indiana Jones, right? Yes. Um, one of his theories, oh, one of his theories includes a belief that the beginning of all civilization dated from the Aryan Sumerians, who were blonde Nordics with blue eyes. Hmm. Hmm. So the Indo Aryans. Yeah, this is why George Lucas will always deny that. Major Lawrence Waddell was the inspiration for Indiana Jones. Right. But these theories were later picked up by the German Nazis and led to their expedition to Tibet in 1938 and 39, the Ananerbe. Yep. While exploring in Northeast Skyrim, oh, Sikkim, sorry, not Skyrim. <laughs> Uh, in 1889, Waddell's party came across a large set, excuse me, a set of large footprints, which his servants said were made by the Yeti, a beast that was highly dangerous and fed on humans. Now, that seems a little odd because like when we were uh, reading some of the other articles, when the locals were talking about the Yeti, they did not consider them dangerous other than um, they would occasionally come down and take like a young yak or a sheep or something. Right. Uh, they really didn't bother people. Now, these people are saying, back in 1889, they were saying that uh, they fed on humans. Hmm. Right. I mean, it, it's more in line with, I'm trying to think of that part of the world. So, in China, it's called the um, the Yeren. In Australia, it's called the Yowie. Uh, there are several different versions, right? But none of them are really described as, like, going after people. They're always going after livestock, and if you run into their territory, pretty much universally, they'll like throw rocks, throw sticks, they'll growl, scream. They'll do just little things just to like throw, let you know. Yeah, like throw a tree at away. You. Pull a tree out of the ground and throw it at you. Yeah, sure. You know, get the hell <laughs> out mean, of here. If I was in the woods and I heard like a a tree crack in half, I would, I would get the hell out of there. Oh, dude! I, I you ever nope, see the video? Nope, of the, gone. Uh, you ever see the video? The one that rips the tree out of the ground. Yeah, that's what a lot of the yep. the test eyewitness testimonies are always like. They hear trees cracking. Well, there was there was some lady in, and I had to go to Australia, but she was in the Blue Mountains in Australia, and she on her property she had trees that looked like a massive fist had just punched straight through the middle of like five or six trees in her property and just bent them all in. <laughs> absolutely insane i mean it she had several people come out and they were they confirmed yes a massive fist had punched into right. her trees and bent them something punched him yeah yeah somebody was mad somebody was mad lisa wouldn't go to prom with him right. and it, it wasn't just a weird bogan I'm pretty sure um so there's also, well, there's not just mythical Yeti who live up there in the land of the eternal snow. There's also the mythical white lions that live up there, right? That uh, supposedly create um, avalanches. The Their roars create the avalanches. Yes. Animism is a very big, very big thing in oh, yeah. uh, 
in the Himalayas region, oh, which I mean, the Yeti is a part of. Sure. Um, well, according to this article, these so-called hairy wild men are evidently the great yellow snow bear, Ursulus Isabellinarius. Isabellinus, excuse me, Isabellinus, which is a highly carnivorous and often kills yaks. Yet, although most of the Tibetans know this bear sufficiently to give it a wide berth, they live in such an atmosphere of superstition that they are always ready to find extraordinary and supernatural explanations of uncommon events. So, they are, this is, this, this is the cope, this is the cope, that the Tibetans are so superstitious that they know it's a bear, but they still say it's a Yeti. Because superstition. Is that what, did I get that right? Is that what you got out of that too? Yes. Okay. Also racist. All, yes, also racism. Yes. Actual racism. Like literally, yeah, dumb Tibetans, lol. All right, moving on, uh, let me see. Well, that, that reminds me of how they won't say skinwalker. They're like, don't say that word. Where? You know what I mean? The Navajo. Well, they don't want to say oh, that word. Right, right. Well, it seem it seems the the locals don't have much of a problem saying Yeti or, sure. or something close to it. Right. I mean, I think I think part of the so part of the thing about the religious significance of a Yeti owes itself to Disney and you know, Expedition Everest and this whole creation of this this mythology that it's somehow a god. Mm. It's always been a part of creation, a part of nature, where wherever it sits in in Hindu Buddhist mythology up there, um, it's it's something that humans live alongside, and they know there is territory not to touch. They right, know. and it's like that. It's it's like that everywhere where, where these things are encountered. Whether it's Sasquatch, the Yowie, the Yeti, Bigfoot, uh, wherever there's uh, wherever there's yeah. native, in, you know, um, where wherever there's like the Almas in Siberia, yes, the Almas in Siberia. We're, we're, gonna get, Siberia. we're gonna get to the Almas <laughs> later. We're gonna get to them. Hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, wherever there is uh, natives near any of this stuff, there is definitely, um, you know, a huge crossover of of uh, legends of, well, not just legends. They just know you don't go over there. That's where Bigfoot lives. You don't go over there. The Yahweh are there. You don't go over there. You know, we see that land over there, Simba. Like, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's fear and respect. It's, right. it's knowing the boundaries of civilization and something else that we can't control. Right. Right. You never, yeah, you don't go to the elephant's graveyard. You don't go to where the Yeti live. Who knows? I mean, what if he does live up in a cave, up in the mountains, and he just wants, he just wants friends? What if we just want some friends? And that, you know, that actually brings an interesting point. Uh, moving way far out from the center of the earth, Antarctica, you know, the amount of people that have gone down there over the past couple hundred years and died. Mm. And the mystery surrounding that continent or wall, I don't know. Mm. I mean, what could be there? What did they cross? What are the the uh Antarctica? I, I am they of crossed the, the, mind. the mountains of madness? <laughs> I don't know. I am of the mind that the ice wall is real. I don't know if it goes all the way around, but I've seen enough video of 
hundred foot high, fifty foot high ice walls that extend for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's past it. I don't know if it, like, dude, who knows? We could be like you've, you've seen like the giant ice ball Earth theory, right? Yeah, like I, little, little I, pockets I inside agree. the ice ball. Yep, I think it's it. It might be very possible that we're in kind of a weird honeycomb Yggdrasil kind of situation. Yeah, something. Does that I make mean, sense? Yeah, layer cake, flat microchip motherboard earth, you know? Like, <laughs> microchip honey Yggdrasil. Yeah, I mean, uh, lasagna. Cyberpunk really knows? gay. Yeah, I mean, but it's, yeah, but the but the the place where we live is just getting gayer and gayer and gayer. Yeah, that's that's the cancerous part. It's got to get, you know, somebody's mm-hmm. going in with a scalpel and just kind of like flick. It's not a flick at this point. At, the, at this point, we're like, sir, I don't think we can save. I don't think we can save the leg at all. We might have to take both. I don't. Of them. I don't think we can pull this out of the hole. Yeah. We need to. It's like, sir, I don't think we can save the toe. We should probably take the whole leg. Oof. That's where we're at right now. You know, just to be safe. Just you know what? Just to be safe, let's take the entire lower section of the torso. Just yeah. Or in Canada, why don't we just go ahead and help yeah. carry yourself? Well. Think of how much better off the world would be if a lot of people did that. To be honest, be and be honest, like be honest. Think about it. Think about it. Like, it's a pretty dark thing. I don't want. I don't, I don't know. Can we get? Can we get back to the? Yeti I mean, eating I'm just saying. People? I'm just saying, like oh. something lighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the Yeti's eating people. Okay, so last the, the Yeti ate my leg when we last left the Yeti. Uh, they were carnivorous and <laughs> they were eating people. <laughs> Uh, well, what, what was the thing with it? I remember when we first started talking about doing this episode. Um, I mentioned the Dietloff Pass, and I thought that there was some sort of Yeti in, influence, or possibly, uh, that there was some sort of uh Yeti connection with it, right? Yeah, that was that was, was, that was an older episode way before my time, but I, I've always agreed that, yeah, that I don't, I'm saying I don't know. Case. Well, we don't know. Nobody knows. It could be. Yeah, we we don't know because the the Soviet authorities were so tight knit on the entire investigation. We just have no clue. Right. Which which one is that? Is that the campers in Russia? Those are Russia? those are the hikers, the expert mm-hmm, hikers mm-hmm, in Russia mm-hmm. that somehow ended that up got, like, all in their skivvies, slaughtered, melted, right, right, right. mutilated. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the ones that were found not mutilated ran for their lives and froze to death under like a and they were right. saying yes yeah. and this was all done on a mountain in Mansia territory that was known as the mountain of yeah, the dead so, there, was a, there was even a discovery that's what it was okay so there's this, there's a discovery channel documentary like a, a, a fake documentary again like the the mermaid no, the body I the body that. found yeah it's called Russian Yeti the killer lives right that's yeah, what it was. That's the what whole was. theory of bad name. Yep, exactly. That and that's what they do. They do the poisoning of the well with their with their uh, scripts network. You know, mock no. Yeah. Funny enough, when I first heard of this story, I heard of it under the label of the cryptid that we visited just recently, Wendigo. Now, do you, do you think there's any similarity between a Yeti and a Wendigo? Um. Well, in the interdimensional aspect of it, possibly. Maybe, 
but the well, the other thing the about the Wendigo and and uh and the Diet Love Pass thing is that there was uh the orbs, the glowing orbs, so like like Will o' the Wisps and stuff. So possibly there was definitely some sort of paranormal something going on there. Supposedly, I mean, it, it could have just been Soviet, like weird, bro. Like like we're finding out with the Raelians or Ra- how do you say the name of the that. The Raelians. the Raelians. yeah, Raelians. the Raelian club, like that. The CIA funds cults to do actual research that we can't do legally, so they just give money to crazy people, right? And that's how cloning is illegal now because we already did it, and they already have the technology, and you can't have it because it's patented. That's literally. Can we get to this from the window? We will. Well, we yeah, because that's well, it, yeah, you can. Yeah, Reinhardt, just oh. are you just. Wow, everybody's so uptight. Jeez, Louise. Um, but yeah, dude, like all of this stuff. These, 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 uh, these Wendigo. Okay, so the Dietloff Pass stuff. That's why I said that is because likely what it was was just the the KGB funding some weird paranormal research out in the middle of nowhere. You know, yeah, that, like that's we do. what it seems to have been. Like we do. Like the CIA funded the Raelians. The CIA funded Heaven's Gate. The CIA funded uh, Waco. Like the CIA funded all those people. These we do this. We we in this way the research is being done that we you know that they can't technically legally do. This crazy you know this crazy weird black magic stuff that they get their MK Ultra experiments. You know, they, we'll, we'll let these psychos do the experiments. You know, we'll just you know. Come hang out at their house every now and then, and just we'll be friends and donate money, right? But that's probably what happened in 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 Russia. Yeah, and as I mean, as far as like a Wendigo kind of connection goes, it's to me at least, it's all connected kind of under the umbrella of hybrids, giant hybrids, or mm-hmm. even today, would we really consider somebody nine feet a, a total giant? Nine feet, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah seven feet tall. Dude, have you ever stood giant, next to? Have still, you never still giants? Have you today. ever? Have you ever stood next to a seven foot tall person? Actually, yes, once. Right. And so you're what five? There you go. You're what five ten, five eleven, six foot? What? Are you, how tall are you? I can't remember. Six one. You're six one. Okay. So yeah, somebody who's a foot taller than you. That's huge, right? You're like whoa. Now imagine somebody three feet taller than you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a giant, dude. Like, yeah. I'm. I'm talking abnormal. I'm talking paranormal, like not just weird gigantism, like uh, Yao Ming, Shaq. Well, Yao Ming, like Shaq, that. seven feet tall. If, like anybody who's normal human, who's like like um, seven foot eight basketball player, you know, or whatever. There, like nobody's. I'm, there hasn't been an eight or nine footer. I mean, Shaq, Shaq okay, is basically so we, paranormal because he wasn't in Shazam, right? That basically makes him a paranormal cryptid. No, that's that was you talking about Sinbad. Yeah, Shaq that was, was, that was Sinbad in Kazam. It Which was, one was he? The genie in Shazam was there's was the one that didn't happen, but did happen, but didn't happen, but did happen, but didn't. Shazam was the guy from Chuck. Which one was Shaq in? Shaq was in Kazam. Oh, now I'm, I'm, nope. I'm out. My done mind number is hit. It's Kazam is Shaq. That's a real thing. Bottom line, the KJB USSR, something was going on with giants. It's possible. Yeah. We don't know. Well, well, we have the, the Monsi who 
do revere that mountain. Um, And it's, it sounds very spooky and every freaking podcast on the planet does a a show on the Diablo pass. But the fact of the matter is that area is very sacred to those people and they have Mm -hmm. been all killed off much like the Cossacks. Right. And again, because of maybe their religious ties to the land. I would agree. Mm -hmm. I would agree. There's, there is something there. And uh, if, if memory serves, you know what, I'm going to look up just on the map, just to make sure I have the location correct of the Diyalov Pass. Um, it's in the Ural Mountains. I know it's in the Urals. I just want to make sure I have the, okay. the spot correct. Oh my god, it zoomed all the way into Russia. Good lord. Okay, never mind. It's not it's not the spot that I was thinking of. But not far south is where the communists did murder um uh, Okay, Darnicolas. so the 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 normie answer, the normie answer to the Dayatlov Pass incident is the Yeti. Did it? Is uh Yeah. Most likely a Russian Bigfoot. No, no, uh, the all the uh, Alma. I'm sorry, they're saying yeah, Almas. The Almas yeah. did that one. Yeah, I'm sorry, not the Yeti. It was the Almas that did that. Okay, so not the Yeti. See, I w- I would think the Normie answer was um, uh, sound weapons. That was that's been the Normie answer in my really? research. Is the the KGB, the USSR, whatever you, the crap you want to call them, were testing um, infrasound. Oh, wait, here's weapons. a scientist may have solved the 62 year mystery over the deaths of the nine hikers. What could it be? They believe they found an answer. For some Russians, the enduring mystery has taken on the qualities of a national legend, which some call Dyatlov mania. Oh, brother. Mm, UFOs or the Yeti. Okay, what is skepticism? And some blame the state directly. They say Soviet authorities killed the hikers because they stumbled on a top secret experiment. That is my theory. And most likely. Right. Honestly. That's most likely what happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're you're straight in the middle of the border between old Muscovy and Tartaria. Right. Right. And- One. Yeah. Two bodies were found without eyes. One without a tongue. Like, see that, yeah, that that's what drives me crazy. Is uh, so you've got missing missing gouged out eyes and tongues, smashed in rib cages when somebody fell from like ten feet. Yeah, right. But should not have, be the case. Yeah, and then you have well, in uh, there was the energy ray comes from a Soviet investigator. By the way, it was a heat ray or some strong but completely unknown energy. So that's where that wow. came from. So that, that actually was, that came from the Russian side of it. Um, conjecture and fantasy flourished in the early internet age, pointing at the KGB, uh, some influence of a compelling natural force. I remember reading a report about this that said the people inside the tent ripped their way through the uh, the exterior of the tent mm-hmm. yeah. like, to get out of it. Yeah, they were. <laughs> to escape they, whatever was coming into it. It looked, it looked like, they were running from something actively. Like they all ran out in their skivvies. Yeah. Right, right, right. Minus so. four. To, yeah. They just, they froze to death is what they said. They just ran out into the woods, you know, uh, well, a small bit, avalanche. Yeah. What they said, scientists in Russia. No, wait a second. That's not it. Nope. The avalanche theory does not account for the traces of radiation. And, um, 
Oh, scavengers. Scavengers are what uh, are what they say is yeah, this is ridiculous. Okay, so now, now one thing that I remember reading, and I'm just going to say it right now, has no support other than my memory, but I do remember reading it. Mm. Was not only radiation at the site, but the presence of sulfur or mm. the smell of sulfur, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which does coincide with Bigfoot sightings and other cryptid sightings, actually. Right. There's um, always, well, Bigfoot stinks. The skunk ape stinks. Right. And, and there have been cryptids apparently that, you know, use portals and, and people mm-hmm. report uh, mm-hmm. demonic presences using portals and things that smell of sulfur. Right. But that there was a presence of sulfur here yeah. as well as radiation. So I wonder, and it's, not, we, we know that, Uranium is not harmful. Mm-hmm. Radiation itself is not deadly. Mm-hmm. So maybe the presence of radiation there was the presence of something coming in and Possibly. coming out. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. So something chased these people out of the tent and into the, into the snow through the tent walls. So who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? We won't know because I mean we can't even get a straight story on the on the chimneys at Auschwitz. We're we gonna, you know what I mean? Yeah, we can't even get a straight story on like the state senator of New Mexico. Oh yeah, what, what, what's, <laughs> what's what's up with that now? Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying we can't oh. get a straight story on literally anything. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So okay, so the next state of sightings of uh, Yetis. In the Himalayas, where in the 1920s, the 1930s, there's a bunch of them. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Howard Beery. He uh, was a an Everest reconnaissance expedition. Why see? Why are there all, all these reconnaissance es- expeditions going to up up to Everest? Have you noticed this? This is the thing. There are there's this is not this this is not the first one. There was like there's been hundreds of these reconnaissance expeditions to Everest. Why? What what are we? What kind of recon are we doing in the literally middle of literal nowhere, literally tens of thousands of feet in the air? Like, hmm, what could well, they be doing? Part of it could be attributed. So you've had trade going on between India and China and the West for a couple hundred years now, right? Sure. And part of it, if you want to be a normie, can be attributed to this area is completely unexplored it's inland it's a high mountain range it's filled with mm. quite remote religious populations i mean filled? So it's much hold the on, same on. as central africa Hang the on. dark land yeah, filled with people filled okay as much as it can be i mean like literally there's right like, in in separate valleys in and the picture like in the picture of mount everest how many people are in that picture zero I'm not I'm talking Mount Everest. I'm but talking, I'm talking about hills of right. this area. Well, I'm talking about Mount Everest. And why have there been hundreds of, of reconnaissance expeditions, military reconnaissance expeditions? Like, what kind of military? Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, the, the yeah. normie answer would be, oh, man, exploration, really big mountain. Yeah, well, I guess. But you do it once or twice. What else is there? There's nothing up there. Dead people, because you can't bring them back down, because oxygen, apparently, right? Um, you know, the dead people that dead are like on an airbay heroes. The mile markers that go up there that are people on the way up the Everest Trail, supposedly. Supposedly. 
Do you guys believe that story? I believe they probably desecrated uh, actual good German soldiers to use them as mile markers. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt that. But do you believe that there are hikers that, no. are, that are that are no. on the trail that haven't been taken down and buried by their families and stuff? Right? No. No. Okay. No. Well, you know that you know that's like an urban legend, right? Yes. Okay. No, I I I know one person who made it to the top of Everest. You know, you know a person. He he is now dead, but he did it when he was uh, sixty four. Wow. He's a guy who ran for state senator in Florida, actually. Wow. Um, Jeb? Did it when he was 64 years old. But yeah, he, he mentioned nothing about dead bodies as markers. Yeah, you would, you would think people would, would mention that if they'd been up there. Yeah, no. Yeah, had to step over a couple of dead bodies, but we knew we were three quarters of the way there. <laughs> and and funny enough, he was a he was a Christian. He was a superstitious man, too. He was looking for some Yeti sightings. He never saw anything. He was very sad. Oh, okay. Well, this guy, check this out. This Lieutenant Colonel Charles Howard Beery, uh, he had a most colorful life. He grew up in a haunted Gothic castle in Charleville, County Offaly, Ireland. Hmm. Ooh, cool. I mean, so he must have had a pretty cool childhood growing up there, but um, probably hung out with the Banshee. Okay, so he did. (laughs) He did the same thing. So I, you're right. So all of these, these, um, these Anglo or American or whoever they are, uh, British, mostly British, uh, explorers would stain their skin with walnut juice, so they would look yellow, so they would look like Nepalese. Yep. And so they could go into Tibet without permission. Hmm. It was very similar to. Uh uh, to oh God, what territory was it? It wasn't Afghanistan. It was um, it was somewhere in northern Africa that guys in the eighteen seventies, eighteen eighties would do uh, under the British Empire because the Brits were not allowed. Hmm. So he said, "Okay, so the nineteen fifties in nineteen oh five, he stained his skin with walnut juice, traveled to Tibet without permission, being ticked off by the viceroy of India, Lord Kuzon, on his return." Tibet must have been crowded with heavily stained Englishmen at that time. He bought a bear cub, named it Agu, and took it home to Ireland where it grew into a seven-foot adult. So he was familiar with bear prints. Was Howard Beery prone to the telling of tall stories? Fellow Everester George Mallory didn't much like him, but thought not. The story he brought back seemed entirely plausible to fellow members of the Alpine Club. He was a careful observer of nature and a plant hunter. Primula Buriana is named after him. Howard Bury's diary notes for September 22nd, 1921 says we distinguished hair and fox track, but one mark like that of a human foot was most puzzling. The coolies <laughs> racism. The coolies assured nice. me that it was the track of a wild hairy man and that these were natural these were occasionally to be found in the wildest most inaccessible mountains. Later, he expanded the story. He reported that the party included Mallory, who also saw the tracks, were camped at 20,000 feet and set off at 4 a.m. in bright moonlight to make the crossing off the pass. On the way down, they saw the footprints, which were probably caused by a large loping gray wolf, which the soft snow formed double tracks, rather like those of a barefooted man. Nice cope. However, the porters at once volunteered that the tracks must be of Quote, the wild man of the snows, which they gave the name Mitu Kangami, 
or Kangmi. 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 Mito Kangmi. Hmm. Yes, Kangmi. Interesting. <laughs> you know, there's uh, there's one last sighting before we go to break that I think is interesting. Mm. And it's from William Knight. Uh, coming back about 30, 30-ish years in the 1880s. Um, he was actually a very famous explorer in Tibet and was part of the British Royal Society. He's one of these guys that, like, when you think of, like, the pith helmet, rugged explorer right. in the Victorian era, one of them. Um, and they found a wild man uh, and corroborated the statement from Barry's party later, or Barry's party corroborated theirs. But the wild man that they found was actually under six feet. Yeah. So they found a young one. <laughs> they found or, a manlet. Or man, yes. They found a manlet Yeti. A Yeti lit. <laughs> um, under six feet, stark naked in the bitter cold in the month of November. In, yeah, in the Himalayas. That's fucking cold. Pale yellow all over, about the color of a Chinaman. <laughs> a shock of matted hair on his head. Little hair on his face, high splayed feet, and large, formidable hands. His and muscular muscles, development. Yeah. yeah, so it doesn't sound I don't I don't know. It doesn't That's sound the thing like is, a the young Yeti one. sounds Maybe. more No, the Yeti's just like a manlet. The Yeti sounds more like a wild man where Bigfoot and Sasquatch is more like a creature. Now we could be seeing two versions. This could be a young right. one. I mean, who, uh, dude? Who knows? The, even well, the young I mean, ones could, could be, be highly developed. Also, know. could be could be like that. Anna Sitara was saying that they are there are different species, uh, different you know groupings of yeti, different types. Also, of yeti. Yeah. yeah, also possible. I mean, different tribes living in the same area or coming to the same area for or from somewhere else. They don't all have to be exactly the same. Oh my god, are we doing a diversity thing about the yeti? Well, they're probably segregated. They're just like pygmies. Ah, hmm. uh, uh, yes, the yeah. glorious pygmies of Indonesia. Right, I remember them well. It's possible. Those little bastards. Um, but okay, we were talking about the abominable snowman earlier. Um, Major Bill Tillman in northern India in 1937, while. Contouring round the foot of the ridge between the two glen, uh, two fender glaciers, we saw in the snow tracks of an abominable snowman. There you go. They were eight inches in diameter, 18 inches apart, almost circular without signs of a toe or a heel. They were three or four days old, so melting must have altered them. The outline, the most remarkable thing was that they were in a straight line, one behind the other, no stagger right or left like a bird's spore. Hmm. Hmm. So, whatever, uh, whatever they saw there, the Sherpas said that these were likely the smaller type of snowmen or yeti. So there, are, apparently, there's two varieties. the uh, The smaller, whose one they were following, uh, feeds on men, while his larger brother confines himself to a diet of yaks. This is uh, from Major Bill Tillman's diary. Um, it would it would make sense if there are smaller, more agile yep. versions that are able to trap these men climbing up the mountain, while the the larger versions are able to just literally pick up massive livestock. Because yaks are not right. small. No, yaks are huge. 
Um, yeah, he said, my remark that no one had been here for 30 years and that he must be devilish hungry did not amuse the Sherpas as much as expected. The jest was considered ill-timed as it perhaps was, the three of us standing forlorn and alone in a great expanse of snow, looking at the strange tracks like so many Robinson Crusoes. Hmm. Um, he speculates on the nature of the creature. Perhaps a one-legged carnivorous bird weighing perhaps a ton. Might make similar tracks, but it seems unnecessary to search for a new species when we have a perfectly satisfactory one in hand in the form of the abominable snowman. Hmm. Well, when people think of the the snowman as like one, two, three, you know, three giant snowballs on top of each other, but it's a man lives in the snow, some kind of thing, carnivorous, abominable, disgusting, well, horrific. Well, yeah, the little one that feeds on men could be the one that um, that's what uh, William Hugh Knight was, was, you know, William Knight saw the littler ones the under six feet, almost naked, crazy looking wild man. That's probably the littler one. That's more, um, more agile, you know, uh, was pro could possibly have been human at one point. Maybe it's like Gollum, dude. Maybe I don't, I don't know. But then, but then you hear, I mean, not to completely shift gears, but you hear like the Kandahar giant story, right? And this thing is, is as big as any report of the largest Yeti in the Himalayas, you know, nine, or 12 bigger, feet bigger. Yeah. And, and the thing, the thing moves with such speed. These things are not just lumbering idiots on, on many stories right. at least. And so there's been video. Well, there's, there's a couple of videos taken. They're pretty grainy. And from a long, long way away of what would be a Yeti in the mountains. Yeah. You know, and they look, they look man-like. Well, like the, the one from, uh, that one TikTok guy in, uh, Whistler, British Columbia who died. Well, that's the Sasquatch. Remember he took that video? Yeah. That's not a Yeti though. It's Sasquatch. No, it's. (laughs) But still, but still, yeah. Cold weather in the mountains. I mean. Mm. It's not the same thing. It's not the Yeti, the Himalayas. This one lives in the Himalayas. Very exclusive. Right. Um, right. Very exclusive to this area. Very exclusive club. It's kind of like the Disney, you know, the, the Disney uh, <laughs> club, club 33. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Gross. Uh, <laughs> club 33 is probably all cleaned up. Got all sorts of nuisance. Bob Iger got back, huh? Oh, yeah, totally. He's he's definitely cleaning house. Here comes isn't he? the old boss. Same as the old boss. Literally. Did you, did you <laughs> see the new movie that they just put out? The Strange World. It's some like gay black boy with a three-legged dog and interracial parents. Oh my god! And it flopped. Oh, whoa! What a surprise! <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on, three-legged dog and an interracial couple? No way! And that movie bombed. And a gay minor main character. Wow! Like under eighteen years old, gay black kid. Wow. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine why that movie didn't gross like Independence Day numbers. I mean, it should have been bigger than Top Gun Maverick. Oh yeah, man, that's a good movie though. It was that was really good. It was. All right, we're gonna take a break. We are like twenty minutes into, <laughs> into past the break. <laughs> uh, we'll even it out. Yeah, it's fine. What are we doing? Time tonight? for metal. Yeah, it's time for a metal break. This is a band called All Hail the Yeti, and this is Headless Valley, and the song's not about Yetis at all, but the band is called All Hail the Yeti, so we figured we'd do this one, so yeah, we'll be back. 
This is still the Paranormies. I'm still Johnny with a Reinhardt and Grognak. We're still in the Himalayas, and we're still talking about the Yeti. And we're not talking about coolers either, or coffee cups, or what the hell else do they make? I don't, I don't even have a Yeti coffee cup. I actually have a Bucky's. A Bucky's? Yeah, it served me well. I don't have a Bucky's. Well, you've never I been to a- Bucky's? I've been to Bucky's. I just didn't think they had like a spe- like. What do you have like a logo cup? I get. I guess yeah. Oh yeah, they have those. I mean, they, what they don't tell you is they're just as good as Yeti. <clears throat> Are they? They cost. They cost like a fifth of the price. Oh, well, whatever. I don't have a Yeti either. Um, but the Yeti that we're talking about is the cryptozoological phenomenon popularized in the early twentieth century by British mountain explorers in the Himalayas. Um. The Yeti is a modest-sized, two-legged, hairy mountain creature <coughs> Excuse me, Lord. with disproportionately large feet. It's hmm. kind of so, rude. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess so. But uh, the pictures um, from 1951, uh, the, Michael, the Michael Ward shot, um, the Eric Shipton expedition... Uh, up to the Melung Glacier, Menlung Glacier on the Everest expedition. There, um, that's an interesting looking foot. Oh, I know, right? Mm. It's it is definitely interesting, and the there. Uh, so this is the thing about all these footprints that are slightly different. Between the Yeti, the Skunk Ape, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, the Yer and the Owie, all over. Um, they all do, though, have a massive... So when you look at humans, you look at human feet, right? If you're barefoot right now, look down at your feet. You see that there is a pretty like standard contour 
uh, just kind of jutting out. It's a crescendo, right? From your ankle to your toes. With these, there always seems to be this massive curve out. Um, would that be what? Out to the pinky? Out to the big toe? I don't know. It looks like it's got... Okay, so the picture... Um, are you on the blog.nature.org? Picture? I'm sitting between NBC News and Twitter okay. and a couple other pictures. Right, well, the one picture that I have is the from the Cool Green Science blog. The Yeti, a story of scientific misunderstanding. <clears throat> it's got the... The Frank Smythe uh, photograph with the with the the Yeti tracks that go through the Himalayas. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. And you scroll down, and there's the there's that picture of from Ming, the Menlung Glacier, right? Look at the look at the toe spacing there. Yeah, so that. Let me open that in a new tab. See, that one looks. Oh come on! The one's got like the 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 mountain pick head next that, to the foot. That toe spacing is really weird. I've actually yeah. never seen anything else like that one. And it's not the first time I've seen it. I've just never seen anything else mm-hmm. like it when it mm-hmm. comes to a Bigfoot Yeti adjacent creature. It's right. three toes. Well, I mean, you know, the only and one of them spent seen Yeti was at uh, you know Animal Kingdom. Well, Wait, he doesn't want to dig all his toes down in the snow. It's just so cold, right? You know? So he's got his pinky toe up, like he's like he's he's well, he's a classy yeti. He's got his pinky toe. <laughs> up. So, an interesting story, Reinhardt. Do you remember the scary stories to tell in the dark? Yes, series. Yes. There's like three of those. Johnny yes. and too. There's like three of them, but I forget which one it's in. But one of them has a story about a Wendigo, and it's basically someone has like a Sherpa or some kind of guide with them, and he becomes. I guess you could say inhabited by the spirit of Wendigo or something. And what happens is he basically like runs off into the snow and he finds his footprints basically leave. It looks like they lift off into the sky. Like he just that, runs off into the sky. Do you remember? I that know. Story? I know exactly where that comes from and it's Algernon Blackwood. Is that um, where it originates from? It originates from Algernon Blackwood mm-hmm. in the 18, maybe the 1890s, I think. Um, but it's in the far north of like French Canada territory. So I just thought of that with the the footsteps like disappearing and how some of the yeah. toes don't make an impression. Well, the the story there, and it's a fantastic horror story. Actually, I recommend everybody go and read that. It is classic. Um, What's it called? The again? thing it's it's the Wendigo oh. by Algernon Blackwood. It's A L G E R N O N, then Blackwood. Um, Algernon. There's also Algernon. an audio version from years ago that was really compelling that I enjoyed. Um, But yeah, the thing there is that the Wendigo was like a wind spirit that -hmm. would pull you. It would grab you and pull you along in the snow and then pull you up into the air and then drop you to your death. Mm. So it's totally not the story of the Wendigo of actual native mythology. Right. Well, it's different native native mythology. Yeah. So it'd be a different type of, creature i guess yeah it's it's just that the wendigo itself that title comes from a a giant being a hybrid being or something inhabiting a person which which 
interestingly enough, connects with the idea of giants, Nephilim being demons. Um, it's a spirit of cannibalism, blood drinking. And ah. whenever somebody commits that act, they run the risk of inhabiting that curse or being cursed right, themselves. Right. That's how they become the Wendigo, right? Right. Right. Um, right. And, and, well, you know, here we go again with uh, Disney taking something and turning it into something that it's not. Uh, the the Yeti that we've been talking about all night, right? The Yeti has been a man-like creature. None, none of them really been, like, super huge, but... Uh, um, but it's man-like, right? It's always been man, man-like with big feet. The, the Yeti that you've seen in Animal Kingdom is more like a Sasquatch, but white, right? Based. I'm saying that's what their, their <laughs> yes, Disney yes. version is based. <laughs> no, you're, I know, I know. <laughs> Disney's version It's a fun is, ride, though. Yeah, well, yeah, Disney's version is just just white Sasquatch, like, like you know, like albino Sasquatch, really. They have him in right. a Pixar movie. He's in Monsters, Inc. Did you guys see he that? Is. Yeah. He is. He yeah. is, and he is voiced by the same voice actor as uh, the pig from Toy Story. Yes. Yes. Who's the, who's the pig? I can't remember. He's very lonely. He was happy to have some. Yeah, he's like, welcome company. to the Himalayas, <laughs> snow cones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, no, right. we're out of here. <laughs> well, that's the abominable snowman from... Uh, from. It's Monsters, Inc. Right, no, I know, but the, the but the but the abominable the, the guy with the, the, the he's supposed to look like the guy from the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Oh yeah, claymation. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Which was a an incoherent babbling creature. Well, it's, yeah, uh, it was the white bad guy that they they. You remember what they the the story about that's very Jewy. Yes. That whole thing. Yeah, we we took that apart one year. Well, and the and the uh, Santa Claus is coming to town mm-hmm. now. Is is Cornelius a Jewish name? Yukon Cornelius. I mean, come on. First of all, every time Cornelius I hear that, I laugh. Vanderbilt. Right. He's just missing that hat. He right. sounds like he's a British explorer to me. Yukon Cornelius, Cornelius Vanderbilt, though. I know. Cornelius the third. Vanderbilt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three middle names and shit. I mean, <laughs> yellow are guy Jews, shrugging. <laughs> are Jews allowed to equip pickaxes? I don't, I don't. You're the dungeon master. I don't. I don't think they can use things that toil the earth. Oh, that's true. Uh, yes. uh, wait, wait. Cain toiled the earth. Well, I as mean, long as there's the an Arab, Cain. as long as there's an Arab. That's fair. Yeah. Anyhow. Anyhow, yes, back to Yeti the Yeti footprints. Back to the Yeti <laughs> footprints. So, um, that's a very odd print. That one, the uh, the Michael Ward picture, and then the Frank Smythe pictures. That's that's a very popular picture. You've seen it where they they kind of drift off to the right and then they go off to the left. Uh, yep, that is used in pretty much anything you're ever going to find about the Yeti. <laughs> yep, that picture right there. Um, and more recently, uh, Josh yes. Gates. Mm-hmm. In I think it was 2007, 2008, oh. um, in Nepal at let's see, I think it was on the bank of it was the Manju, so it was in the foothills of the Himalayas. Okay, found a couple of footprints, and one of them that they were able to actually cast was about a foot long. What did they cast it with? Like 
it looks so like... they use they use plaster and it's it's essentially crime scene okay. level stuff that looks like what he is holding in his hand the plast it's got chunks of what looks like pavement i know like and, that is and it's like it's got yellow like they ground up a speed bump to use for the pavement <laughs> like did they did, did they grind up a curb that's, that's part of the is plaster that, yellow like that i've never I've yeah seen, it dude, the way I've that the way that passes. sometimes it dries it depends on the soil now I'm not I'm not defending this at all. Now I did watch this okay, episode here's the thing. because Reinhardt, here's the thing. I have watched this guy, bro. Here's the thing. Okay, it depends on the it depends on the type of soil. You said, where do you find Yeti prints in the snow? Right. Yeah. How do you cast those? Yeah. How do you yeah, cast right. Yeti prints in the snow? They're not always. You guys realize the Himalayas are not always snow all the time, right? There are areas of the himalayas that are dirt and forest i'm sure they are, every Alexander time i've seen every time that. i've seen a, a, a cast of any footprint whether it's a human's footprint an animal's footprint a, a yeti a sasquatch a fake sasquatch a bigfoot or whatever it's always like white and shiny and looks like something they can, this thing looks like they broke a chunk off the side of a speed bump dude like <laughs> it's terrible i thought honestly i, mean, I thought it was a fossil I thought when I started scrolling, I was like, what is Josh Gates got a fossil? I mean, that's that's the material that they used. There are different plaster molds that, that people use, and this is what they you went can't with. Tell the te- you can't tell what's toes and what's part of the... Look at that. That's terrible. I'll, I'll say this. You can tell there are toes in there. Sure, sort of. I mean, if you squint. I would I would say so. I'm, if you squint. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Now, I'm not defending this guy because he is a huge, huge cuck for the out-of-Africa theory. Right. I can't stand right. this guy's theories. However, he's a very good cinematographer when it comes to yeah. things like pirate treasure hunting. He says he doesn't believe it's a bear. It's something of a mystery for us. He uh, has a cha- on the sci-fi channel, he has a show called Destination Truth. Had. Had. Yeah. Excuse me, had. This is from 2019. Um, oh, no, 27. Okay, this is a while ago. But, oh yeah, this this uh, this right here that he's holding is on display at Animal Kingdom at Disney World. Okay, that's okay. That that's so that 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 is another notch in the eh, I don't know, man. Yeah, category. No, that's, I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't believe that at all. Okay, so yeah, this is gay and fake. Some local Sherpas believe the Himalayas oh. are abodes of strange creatures and consider the Yeti, also popularly known as the Abominable Snowman, Snowman, a protector. Others say it's a destroyer. There's kind of a mysterious creature that lives in the Himalayas, says Ang Chiring Sherpa, chief of Nepal Mountaineering Association in Kathmandu. That man does not exist. Right. <laughs> man. Anyway, it's created from this person does not exist. But even com. more recently, even more recently than that, um, in the Himalayas, in, in northern uh, India... Yeti tracks were discovered by the Indian Army, sparking what? sparking Twitter ridicule. The Indian Army tweeted that it had discovered mysterious footprints of the mythical beast at the Makalu base camp. Photos are said to show the giant footprints next to those of the soldiers. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull something up here when we're doing this do you remember the uh tales from the grid square guy 
that no. I told you about. Mm, he does all like no. the paranormal military stories. Maybe. So I wonder if he's got anything on the Yeti. This elusive snowman has only been sighted at the Makalu Barun National Park in the past. The post claimed it prompted a flurry of hilarious responses with many slamming the military for this post. Hmm. I mean, at some point out, the footprints seem to be in a straight line, joking the Yeti must only have one leg. I don't know, man. I don't know. These are these are definitely interesting. Mm. Thirty-two by fifteen inches. Mm. I would like to know more. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out if this guy has anything recent on. And of course, all the tweets that are replying are just making fun of it, you know. Right, right, right. Well, it's Indian Army, so of course it has to be retarded. Right. They're all Pakistani bots. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this this kind of reminds me of the UFO sightings from the Mexican Air Force. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, people you know, just in my were first like, thought, Mexican Air Force. <laughs> damn it. That was my joke. Yeah. <laughs> my first thought was is, immediately like Indian wait a minute, Army. Mexico has an Air Force? Yeah, no. I, no. India has an army, obviously. I mean, they keep saber rattling with Pakistan to threaten each other with. How does Pakistan and India both have nukes? If, if I mean, if, we're, you know, Dude. implying, implying, implying. But like, how they, do those two? That's like. They bought them from us. Yeah, I know, but like. India and Pakistan? Really? I know. Dude, when I was going for my... When I was going for... Like Like the lunar module. What? And do you think they look as fake as the lunar module, like lander? You know what I mean? No, they're they're real. And we just sold them to India. Like, yeah, they're nukes. No, they're, they're old, very, very old submarines. No, I meant the nuclear weapons. Oh, the weapons? Sexual well, weapons, yeah. it's it's old stuff that we gave them, and they were like, oh, how do we use this? Oh, we can build something. Give us 30 years. I don't know. Yeah, but anyways, they have nukes, and it's really crazy how they hate how much they hate each other, even though they're the same, and they're just like divided by a mountain range. Yeah. yeah they're, they're divided by a religion and a mountain well, range. Well, one's, yeah, one's Muslim, the other's Hindu. Right, they right, both right, hate right, each right, other. Right, right, yeah. Typical. Dude, Typical. We, we used to take bets on, on whether... On which one would would actually win? Yeah, because we, we used to see some of their movements actually, which right. was really funny. Yeah. Some of their like maneuvering. Well, you can smell some of their movements. Oh, never <laughs> oh, oof! Ugh. All right, moving on. <laughs> That's, all right, wasn't that bad? Um. So yeah, so the Yeti's been spotted all the way up to the 1950s. Like actually spotted, spotted like by. But again, always by explorers, always by scientific expedition teams, kind of like dinosaur bones are always found by paleontologists. Yeah. So, Johnny, what do you think about this? I mean, uh, to go back to the the Whistler British Columbia guy who snagged some footage of something out there sure. and a couple of other guys who have snagged footage of something, whether sure. in Russia is getting thrown or that kind of stuff northern canada yeah, yeah, yeah something 
but otherwise they still remain just footprints and on tv it's always sticks breaking rocks being thrown vague footprints Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we've already. What do you, what do you think? We've. I've postulated the theory in the past that they have highly developed EMF sense sensors, whether it be um, a technology or just something they're built with. Like they can just sense even the EMF in your battery on your phone. You know, they um, sense the BS in your soul when you got a. TV camera crew behind you as well. Well, do I'm not, not. I'm not joking. No, like, not only that, some people say they're stalked by them. Right. Oh yeah. There's well, there's that too. But what I'm saying is like that may like again. You know, it's like the what is it? You know, Bigfoot's like the world's greatest hide and seek champ, right? Yes. I know you guys have seen the t-shirts, yeah. Uh, but like, yes, yes. But like, that's the thing. Well, we've only. You know, and I know it's kind of a cope, but like, you know, we only discovered the great apes in what the 1880s. We only supposedly, yes. Yeah, we only, right. I mean, suppose, obviously, supposedly. Um, We only discovered, we're still, quote, discovering animals in remote places. Uh, And again, that's why couldn't something be, you know, why couldn't there be a population of something that somehow adapted to live? And it's not evolution. It's ad- adaptation to ad- adapted to live up there. Maybe there, and there are animals that live in the cold. You know, there are, anim- there are things that live in the cold. Maybe there are, maybe there are, you know, these um, interdimensional portals that Dude, the, are in, in the near East, in the middle East, in the far East. Why are they always in the East? The great April well, they're over in 1929. There are okay, portals here. What'd you say, Reinhardt? There are portals here. Right. There are portals. I'm not here. saying they're all they're all out east. No. no <laughs> we definitely have our own. It was a joke. Near East, Middle East, Far East. Anyway, yeah. but all this, yeah, all I mean, like right along this one line in the east, there seems to be quite a bit through the Stan countries, through right. um, <clears throat> all the way out to Nepal and all these mountains. You know. Um, and they talk about the tunnels under the mountains that there are there. These explorers have found tunnels in the Himalayas that why are there tunnels? How the hell did there get tunnels? <laughs> right. You know, well, and, and the fact of the matter is after a certain point in history, we simply don't know what the world was like Yeah, to tie it back into reset theory and, and all the branching ideas of reset theory. Mm-hmm. We have no freaking clue. No, we have no <laughs> idea. A couple hundred years. I mean, these things could have, have been common a couple hundred after. years. No, hold on. Past like 150 years. Really? I yeah, I'd give it anywhere from 150 to 200, and that's being gracious. 218. I, I feel like I'm coping. Yeah. I feel like I'm coping by saying 200 years. 150 as far as back. Uh, 18 1850. Fair enough. Let me 172 cope. years. <laughs> but still, but, but what's the difference? 172. Yeah, all right. 172. There it is. But no, after you have, you have before 1850, you have after 1850. What's Jason say about 1850? Grognak. Well, he, the phenomenon, whatever the, the reset phenomenon is, the last one was in 1902, what he said for sure, something happened in an, the 1800s like things can happen that change the holography right oh sure so he says something weird happened in the late 1800s and yeah it was 1889 right yeah i don't know something strange happened well it definitely happened the fires for 
I worked as a uh, historian for a while, and my job was to try to explain the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And the whole reason for that is because there's so many gaps, there's so many difficult ways to interpret even just American history in the 1800s. It's very odd. Well, well, yeah, when you have American history, it's fragmented between North, South, East, West, and then Northeast, Southeast, Southwest, South, mm-hmm. or Northeast, mm-hmm. Northwest. Mm-hmm. It's, it's completely different, like completely different countries. And then you get over to Europe and it's, you know, a hundred times yeah. harder. Why is that? Wow. When we have all these complete church records and everything else going back to 1500s, 1600s. Um, anyways, I I feel like we're getting off topic and I'm sorry for that. I, I'm probably the one who sparked it. Um, but when we're so talking about. Why do you guys think it is in like Nepal? Why is that the hot zone? Well, again, like I was saying, I, uh, there's there's the entrance to Shangri La and the entrance to Agartha or whatever it is there. And there is there is one entrance Siddhartha. in is there. It, I Siddhartha? agree. No, Siddhartha is a person, right? No, Sid- Siddhartha is Siddhartha Gautama. This is like Buddha. Okay, yeah. No, it's Agartha. No, there was. Hold on a second. Agartha is the inner earth. Yeah. Shangri La. It's the same thing. Does it live inside of the mountain, or what do you think? It's it's said to have been a valley, an in an undiscoverable valley inside, which the legends lead to inside the earth. So I believe it's it's hollow earth, because I think even though we live on a flat stationary plane with a a dome over us, the realm below is far deeper than we could ever understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's way far down. I believe Hell and Tartarus are way down there, but there's something else in between. It's Shambhala is what I was thinking of. Oh, Shambhala that's is, yeah, of. same thing. Yes. But yep. no, that's that's how you, well, you get to Shambhala through uh, the entrance in a, monas- in a remote hidden monastery in Tibet. So. I played Uncharted 2 as well. Well, they got that from from real life, but yeah, yeah, it <laughs> was a great game. Yeah, you know, so that's I, the entrance to the Hollow Earth. Is there? That's one reason there, um, Grognak, is because because that's why, and that's the reason why um, the Dalai Lama and all the, the the Tibetan monks, you know, that's their connection to all that. They have they have an actual direct connection to the inner, you know, to the inner part of the the layers of the cake there. Oh, and you know, in in that game too, it was a uh, it was a Serbian trying to force his way into Shambhala, and it was actually a former Nazi no. who killed all his former colleagues oh, and became like put on a Yeti suit and was scaring people away. It was very Scooby Doo, very silly, very silly. Those Yeti in Star Wars, who remember? Well, yeah, the um, um, the Wampa, the Wampa. The Wampa. Thank you, man. It is so ever since well, the Wampa wasn't that. exactly a Yeti. It was an that was an abominable snow creature, wasn't it? Yeah, We're splitting ears. No, <laughs> I'd say oh. sci-fi sci-fi Yeti, a sci-fi version. So of it, yeah, near near the top of the the content chat, uh, there's a link I put in there. It says top ten. Yeti in abdominal swimming sighting. Yeah, that's why we've been talking about that. We've been we've been reading off right. that all night. Yeah, um, 
this guy seems to be the closest person to a uh, to a researcher that I've been able to find on the subject. Like a very dedicated researcher. What the guy with the list? Yes, I'm gonna try to get him on. Okay, that'd be cool. Love to. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, dude, have a guy. I'll. Yeah, no, no. Let's not talk about. Let's not talk to the Eddie guy, please. <laughs> no, absolutely. Now this this one is interesting. Uh, Don Willens. It's it's the bottom of the list. Mm-hmm. All right, Don Willens, Annapurna, in 1970. So this guy is from Manchester, I assume England. Um, Don Willens saw strange footprints near his camp on Annapurna, and at their temporary base camp, he found a photograph footprints that later that and later that night watched an ape-like creature about a quarter of a mile away through binoculars in bright moonlight for 20 minutes. Hmm. So this guy had an extended viewing of something, and he said he saw a powerful animal bounding along on all fours. Really? So that, that, that it lends more towards like an ape-like creature. Yeah, and headed straight up the slope in the absolutely bright moonlight. It looked like an ape. I don't think it was a bear. Well, that's the thing. Again, everybody, you know, the cope is that it's a, uh, it's a, it's a. What do you call it? It's a bear. It's a Himalayan bear, right? Right, and 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 many of these bears, like the Russian cave bear, they're huge. But there's a big difference between a massive freaking bear. And this ape-like, man-like creature, obviously. Right. Right. That these people report. Well, and again, well, there's the the Sherpas. I don't remember which explorer we were talking about, but the Sherpas did mention that there were two types of yetis. There was a smaller man-like yeti and then the larger, more abominable snowman-esque. Right. Snowman-ish. But either one are, are very well built, and they're built like a human. They're right. not that's, built like a bear. The, right. None of them are built like a bear. They're all built like they don't, humanoid. They don't have the giant ass of a bear. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, sorry sorry to be weird, but like a massive bear caboose, oh. you can tell the difference. You're talking about bear dumpers now? Jesus, dude. <laughs> but you're putting a bear with you? and a man when you're looking at his back. What's wrong with you? How about bear ass? Come <laughs> on, walk around looking at his bear ass. What is wrong with you? All right. <laughs> getting late i mean this guy was looking binoculars through you know with binoculars he was checking it out right ape, ape booty from across the way um no dude i mean there have been enough sightings enough um anecdotal you know there's enough anecdotal evidence enough footprint pictures that there's probably something man you know there's there's probably something well i mean you know, the evidence, as we've seen, doesn't just go back 200 years. It goes back right. almost 2000. Well, right, depending on which timeline you're talking about, but yes. Well, um, all right. It you sounds know. like there's a tradition of Sherpas carrying conch shells to scare them off. Three that, shells? That was something I hadn't heard before. Yeah, that's in one of the top 10 things. Mm. It was pretty interesting. But I've um, seen that. I've seen that. Elsewhere, so that's interesting. So you guys do know that the uh, the Anand Airbay Himmler and the Anand Airbay went to Tibet looking for the Yeti. Yes, yes. Ooh, the roots of the show. Hmm. 
They were searching. Yes, the, uh, the, in the Nazi Tibet expedition in 1938, there are many who think that the true motive of the mission was to find the elusive Yeti and use it as some sort of evidence to prove their pseudoscientific theories on the origins of human races and perpetuate its own propaganda to this end, with there being even, even being rumors that they may have thought of the Yeti as some sort of progenitor of the Aryan race. Which is funny because Bullshit. Hitler was against Darwinism. Right. They were all against They were all very much anti-evolution. Uh, the truth of these claims is hard to ascertain. Schaefer and Baker would certainly have been aware of the legend of the mass of hairy wild men in the wilds of the Himalayas, and considering the willingness of the Nazis to pursue some pretty far-out avenues of research, it does not sound as if it would be totally beyond them to mount a covert mission to find the beasts. Now, I wouldn't doubt that either. Um, Himmler did sure. drop a lot of money on stuff to do a lot of weird stuff. Um Despite all these theories, any ulterior motives, the 1938-1939 Nazi expedition to Tibet may have have may have had has been obscured, either because they were covered up or never existed in the first place. Likely never existed in the first place. They probably weren't going after the Yeti. Officially, the expedition collected thousands of specimens of plant and animal life, as well as numerous photo- photographs, film footage, and artifacts of the native peoples, such as a copy of the Tibetan Bible called the Kangyur, as well as vast amount of geological and topographical data. There were also reams of Schaefer's detailed notes on every aspect of the expedition, as well as a meticulous, lengthy description of the culture and customs of the Tibetans, not to mention Berger's own detailed diary of the mission, which would be published some 60 years later under the title Mit der Deutschen Tibet Expedition Ernst Schaefer, 1938-39, Naklasa. I do want to get a copy of that English translation. I mean, but it's, dude, the more I read German, the more I can read German. Like, it's fair. I didn't know fair. how much I it, took it's like so three easy years. to read. Like, it, yeah. it's really not hard. Yet nowhere amongst any of these accounts, nowhere amongst any of these accounts, is there a single mention of a hunt for the abominable snowman, nor any reference to sightings or any evidence of it at all. The Yeti seemed to play no role in any of this at all, and indeed, it seems that Schaefer himself believed the legendary creature to be nothing more than some sort of large bear. I think they were they were simply looking for ancient artifacts, ancient origins. It was an anthropological. Mm. research mm-hmm. trip essentially mm-hmm. completely innocent obviously they didn't do anything that we can tell right anything wrong right we well here's, here's let me read the, let, me, let me read this the first part okay so sure nazis these villains of history seem to have somehow transcended their place in the grand scheme of things to propel outwards into the farthest fringes of the strange from secret occult experiments to ufo bases to exploration into the supernatural and development of shadowy weapons the likes of which the world has never seen these classical baddies have become legendary in their scope and well deserving of their status as one of the most iconic villains in cinema Buried within of all the conspiracies and weird historical oddities associated with the Nazis, one can find a plentitude of curious little tales, and one that has seemed to have picked up quite a bit of interest in cryptozoological circles. It is an odd case combining the best of the Nazis, high adventure, and mysterious monsters. Jesus. Good lord. There is so much fantastical lore on the Nazis that it's sometimes difficult to ascertain just where the truth blurs, ends, and pure fiction begins. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> speaking speaking of pure fiction, have you seen the latest trailer for what is for some reason the new Indiana Jones film? 
Violent Night. Oh no, that's a Santa movie. What? Oosh. Um, I actually want to see that. It's a movie taking place in the 60s, uh, 1969, and they're, get this, former Nazis, so paperclip Nazis. Paperclip Nazis? Paperclip Nazis. Is Von Braun involved? Is Von Braun involved? Tell me Von Braun. I I have no idea. I have no clue. I did not see Von Braun in a cast list. Tell me the Bugnat God of all things is on the list. I guarantee you Von Braun is going to be somebody who helps Indy. Well, they already did Aliens in the last one. He, I saw ha- like half the trailer. He looks old in it, though. Hmm. I saw he Nazis, but very- well, why does he look so old? Are they going well, to pretend Nazis came back? Are they coming well, back? I meant I already explained it. It's they're paper paperclip Nazis. Nazis. Project it's paperclip. 1969. Yeah, but he's old, right? He's, it, well, here's it, the thing. Hold on, hold on. Stop. It's 1969. Stop. stop, stop. He was doing the bit in the 40s, right? The right that was the 40s would have been. Yes. Okay. So the war was going on, or the war was not going on. What was going on? When was that? The 30s. The war was going on because remember in Last Crusade, so it was. The I thought it was, it was rem- 19. I thought it was, it was remnants ni- of Nazis. No, 1939 ish. Okay, so pre World War II was, was Raiders, Crusade. right? Pre World War II was uh was Raiders, but Last Crusade was 38 39. Mm. Right around the time that they were doing the book burnings and all that, of course, they right, 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 because Hitler he and the Zeppelins, book. right, 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 right. Okay, so so uh, Temple of Doom actually um, comes first in the timeline. It's set in 1935. Yes, yes. So and, and Raiders then, was what 1937. Um, ah, man, uh, 36. Yeah, 36. Okay. Yeah, it's his second adventure chronologically, right? Yeah. I didn't know they did that. That's interesting. Yep. Yep. And then, yeah. And then uh, Last Crusade is 1938. Yes. And what's the last one? What's the one with the aliens? The Crystal Skull. That is 1957. 57. So this one is 12 years later in 1969. Okay. So. Okay, so he can't. So okay, so Indiana Jones will be old in this movie. Yes, yes. In, he was getting in the trailer, older. He looks skull. very, very old. Yes, well, and he because, has uh, a goddaughter. Shia LaBeouf as his like bastard son is not in it. Right, because Shia LaBeouf was in Crystal. Skull. No, he got kicked out of acting. You guys know that he's like out of. He got kicked the- out of acting for what? I don't. I don't know. He's not playing for- the game. What? He hasn't he's, had roles in years. You guys haven't noticed that? He's he well, kind of we nuts. have noticed that. He he did the whole he will not divide us thing. He went kind of crazy, he did his whole like, like self movie where he was crying, became a meme. I don't know. He's he went off the rails. I wonder if his MK Ultra programming just we, failed. Yeah, I'd, I well, I would call he, him a failed project. Well, the last time I saw him, he was doing a Zoom call from the front seat of his car and he was all hopped up on drugs. Yeah, he also was. that. Yeah, I heard about that. Remember that? I heard about it. Yeah, it was terrible. Anyway, back to uh, what were we talking about? Yetis. 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 Um. Oh, the Indiana Jones stuff. Yeah, yeah. there were there were yeah. illusions in Temple of Doom. 
to the Yeti. Just yeah, slight th- ones. There were. Though. There were. Yes, in the mountains. Yes, the man in the mountains or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yes, very slight. The rest of it was child trafficking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, but it was, you know, it was anti child trafficking. So. Right. He rescued, he did a good thing. He rescued the kids. From the very no. fat Indian guards. He brought back the same Spe- Speaking of movies, you said you didn't like it very much, but what did you think about the Frankenstein theory? Oh, yeah. You guys watched that, right? Uh, now, that so, was the one. Now, what was the point of that movie? Okay. So the idea is that it was supposed to be a found footage film mm-hmm. where these researchers are following the work of Victor Frankenstein. And they found that his monster was released into the Yukon. And they're trying to track it. And basically, that's what the Yeti is, is it's actually it's Frankenstein's The Frankenstein monster. monster. Well, the, yeah, the, the Sasquatch, Bigfoot, yeah. All of these things are the one monster that's been released? Right, but it's in the, it's in the uh, Northwest Territories okay. where they are. Okay. So they're, they're in the far, far north of Canada. Okay. Way above Yellowknife and everything else. Okay. It... <laughs> It is an interesting premise, a really cool premise, mm-hmm. actually. Sure, but what does it fall really flat? It falls very flat, in my opinion. Way too much boring dialogue and nothing happening people... until last probably thirty minutes. I hate it when people talk in movies. It's oh my god! Can't last they just blow shit up. I'm like not thirty a big minutes. Fan of these all this stuff Blair starts Witch happening. Movies. I'm God. I'm not either. Blair Witch had more going on throughout the film. Than Somebody told movie. me recently that they liked Blair Witch, and I can't remember who it was. I they, like it more than this. They called it one of like, they called it a great movie or something. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I would I, I would watch it, Blair Witch right now, but I would not call it a great movie. I saw it in the theater on a date. Oh wow! And yeah, and both Did of us were marry like, "Marry the girl?" No, no. <laughs> When did it come out? 97, 8, 9, 99? Uh, yeah, 99. It was 99 because, yeah, it was the same girl I went to Wood, to Woodstock with. Yeah. In 99. Oof. Yeah, that was an interesting trip. Well, we <laughs> both went together. We never saw each other when we got there because there were so many people we never. Anyways, uh, <laughs> that's a weird story. I have a lot of weird Woodstock stories. But, um, but yeah, we saw that movie, movie in the theater. We saw that movie in the theater, and it was terrible. And I remember watching it. I remember, I was like, I was real hyped up to see it, and I was like, I saw it. And I'm like, it was all, like the very last scene where the kids like standing in the corner, and it's like they they come. In the, I don't like they didn't get it, and I've seen that movie like five or six times, and they still don't. I don't get any of it. I don't like it. I love horror movies, you know, and nothing about mm-hmm. that. I, I didn't get any of that. I was just like, it's dumb. Well, the thing about the Frankenstein theory was yeah. um it this thing just never appeared. It was it was very clearly a B horror movie. Oh boy. This thing never actually appeared on screen until last like fifteen minutes. Did they try you to saw- do the thing like Ridley Scott did with Alien, where like it was just off camera eh. the whole time and it's actually scary, but it worked with Alien yeah, because Ridley you, Scott you is a good director. Ever- yeah, you only ever heard anyone die off camera. Mm. It was always thing drops, and then you just hear. You hear like and, somebody you know, off somebody's ripping apart. Yeah. 
And then I you just, see it in the very last scene. And that's I it. just like the idea of the Frankenstein's monster just walked out into the snow and it's just out there like roaming around. In the oh, I, I, I kind of the cool. premise is I super don't, cool. Yeah, the premise of uh, Frankenstein's monster from Mary Shelley, especially being married to Percy B. Shelley, um, I think there were some interesting connections there. And she could have been writing, honestly, documenting maybe something that she knew sure, was going on. Sure. That's, yeah, that's that's the whole other thing. But like, beside that, besides that, like this, this, mo- this documentary has a great premise. It does. Carried out very poorly. Very poorly. Terrible. What a terrible movie. It could have been so good, but uh, the so entire time I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, shut up. Everybody shut like, dude, up. They could when even are, do like a B movie. They could do a dying. great B movie. Like Sharknado 1 was good. Uh, Sharknado 5 was clearly I mean, the best. Tremors was good. Tremors was great, dude. <laughs> the Descent. Uh, Descent was good. Uh, even though it was all females. I was yeah. trying to think of other good Yeti movies I've seen. I guess there's a lot of them just called Yeti. There's like four of them, but really? I've never seen any of them. I've never seen any of them either. No. Um, no, dude, Tremors was great. Kevin Bacon. Right? Michael Gross. The Prepper. Reba McIntyre and, the, and Michael Gross. Yeah, Reba McIntyre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre is like... Oh yeah, he's got the gun. I, the, he's got like a what is it like a six hundred Nitro Express, but it's semi-automatic. Jesus, I actually bro. served uh, Reba McIntyre a beer one time. Did you? Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. What kind of beer? Uh, it was, was actually just a milk. It was a Mill Creek uh, Golden Ale, just a run-of-the-mill Nashville local. Mm. She cool. wanted. Very cool. Very, Very cool. surprising. Reba drinks normal beer. Well, this one's you know, if, <laughs> if a Yeti, all right, so if a Yeti were to waltz in, just to lighten things up, mm-hmm. what would you serve it? Would it be waltzing? Like on would one, two, waltz- three, one, mm-hmm. two, three? Or would it be, or would it be on Satan's 4-4 four, four time? On the Jew, on the Jew's 4-4 four, four music? The 440 hertz? Mm. No, mm. Uh, some some retarded handicapped Puerto Rican says that uh, that four four music is uh, like Jew music. Wait, which retarded handicapped Puerto Rican? You you know which one we're talking about? Oh oh, oh. yes. Anyway, yeah, he's like that's yeah whatever, dude. Yeah, four four is like evil and and Jew. Every anything four four well, is Jew music. If a Yeti waltzed into my house, I would. Give him hot chocolate. If a Yeti waltzed, yes. If the Yeti waltzed into my house. What do you think a Yeti would actually drink? What would a Yeti drink? Well, according to the Nepalese, Sherpa is blood. They are cannibals, right? The little ones eat people. The big ones eat eggs. Yeah. Sorcerer kings. Sorcerer gods. Right? And, and... Some mythologies. Some. Let's say. I mean, okay, so what do you guys think about the interdimensionality aspect? That they actually exist in between dimensions or on another plane of existence? Grognite? Um, there has to be something to that. Yeah. I don't know. That seems to be the, the one of the closest things that 
he has in relation to Bigfoot is this interdimensional thing. Mm. Um, I know it's kind of silly. <laughs> Back to gaming for a second. One of the games I used to like to play a lot was Plants vs. Zombies. Yes. And the Yeti comes in and out of portals in that game. I yep. thought that was kind of silly and strange. And now you know why. I don't know why, but I want. I still want to know why. <laughs> well, no, because the portals and that because it's an allusion to the portals in the Himalayas. Sure. Do you think? Do you think the Yeti? Uh... I'm. I'm one of the ones that I. Yes, I ascribe to the interdimensionality theory of the Yeti. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I do too. I. I agree. I think the Himalayas are home to. At least one, or possibly many high places. Mm-hmm. Um, and by high, high places, you mean, like I said, like portals, places where paranormal portals, activity, yeah, yes. hubs where, for paranormal activity. Yes, yeah. places where at one point the quote gods would have come down. Right, Mount Hermon, Heaven Mount Etna, the Himalayas. Heaven and Earth meet. Yes, literally. Yeah, the the roof of the earth. I mean, literally, the Himalayas yeah. are the roof of the earth. It's literally the highest yeah. point on earth, the highest exactly. point on earth. Yes, so. Absolutely. Something's up there. We don't know what. I, I, I'm not going up there. There's dead people up there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to go there someday. Yeah. I really would. We have a Yeti creepypasta, or a Bigfoot creepypasta, I think it was. But uh, Dogbot oh, no. read us a creepypasta, so he is with us tonight, but just in creepypasta form. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, this one's going to be extensive, isn't it? I don't know. I, I haven't <laughs> listened to it yet. I will. I will listen to it when I when I put together this episode. Um, yeah. So coming up Tuesday, the Nationalist Inquirer live on Pilled, D Live, and Odyssey. This one's going to be a good one. We are going to be talking about Balenciaga again, Bal and Siaga, CIA, and all the other ways you can say it and spell it and put it into Google and make it say all kinds of evil things. Uh, yay and. Uh, yay and Bill Hicks and yay and Nick Fuentes and Nick Fuentes' Sprite meltdown and in and out and all kinds of fun shit. Elon and Elon, yay. And the Raelians. Raelians, we got, we got yay inciting Elon to violence. And, and cloning and, and cloning dude, and, this episode and, writes itself. And left and right threats, uh, non-veiled threats of harm to yay. So by so Jews, Jews everywhere. So many Jews threatening to kill Kanye West. <laughs> so many Jews saying that he hopes he doesn't kill himself. Yeah, Ben hmm. Shapiro. I, like I hope nothing happens. I mean, I, I hope he doesn't do any, do, any, do anything to himself. Yeah, hope that, he literally he said the thing. The he slime, said the thing. The slime lord so, himself. So, so funny enough, that actually got my mother in law and my sister in law. Like, why are they saying these things? Right. Are they are they insinuating something? And they love Ben Shapiro. Even normies are thinking, okay, what are they wishing on him? Right, right. Are they doing magic? Well, <laughs> they are saying now they're doing the mental. Now, now they're doing the. Oh, we'll do this Tuesday. So much stuff to do Tuesday. Yeah, I know. But the mental. So, oh my god. Mental, mental illness. The mental illness. It's the mental illness. They're calling mentally ill, mentally ill, mentally ill. What's What's funny is I just uh, I started a new uh, fantasy series recently, and I just came across a quote that literally said, "Facts don't care about your feelings." Is it called? Is the is the fantasy series called "Everything's Going to Be All Right"? No, it is not. 
I'm not going to. <laughs> That's my favorite what it's conspiracy called. theory, though. <laughs> Honestly, is, people ask one. me all the time, Johnny, what's your favorite conspiracy theory? I said, my favorite conspiracy theory is that everything's going to be all right and everybody's going to make it. <laughs> everything's going to be all right, but not everybody's going to make it. Well, yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not totally lying. So. <laughs> all right, we're going to get out of here. Make sure to go over. Get yourself an account on Pilt so you can come watch us on Tuesdays or go to DLive or go to Odyssey. Either way, come hang Campfires. out there. Be in the chat. What'd you say? Campfire. Yes. You've, have you seen a Bigfoot? Yeah. Yeah. Have you had one of these experiences? You've heard, hopefully you've heard our recent talk with our friend Malice. Um, you've ever had anything going on with black magic, with demons, aliens, chupacabra? Doesn't yeah. matter. Have if you, you had seen a gorilla a speak ghost? English to you? Have you seen an MF ghost? Like, <laughs> let's go back to the old days. Have you seen an MF ghost? Have you seen? Yes. Have you seen Bigfoot? Have you been scared by a Wendigo? Has a skinwalker peeked through your window? I mean, have you had a succubi sit on your chest and scare the shit out of you? I mean, like, if you've had any of these things or like this or alien encounters and that kind of stuff. We want to hear about it. Send it to us in our email. DM us on Telegram. Uh, we'll get you on. We'll do a we'll do a um, a campfire with you, or you know you can tell us and we'll read it. However you want to do yeah. it. We want your stories. Yes. If you don't feel comfortable, we'll still talk and we'll share it for you. That's totally fine. Whatever you require. We still have new merch available as well. Yes. Hoodies, t-shirts. Yes. Tell them about the shirts. I have another sneeze coming. <laughs> so we've got hoodie designs and t-shirts. Uh, our I Hate the Antichrist bestseller hoodie. Uh, have our Pirate Paranormies, our Necronormicon, Spoopy yes. Tales of Terror. Yes. Um, all kinds of new designs available at distantapparel.com. Go to paranormies.com and hit the shop now button. And you can find those right there. They're sending them out right now. Yes, do that. This is the threat. All right. We're going to get out of here because I'm in the middle of a massive sneezing fit. Uh, you guys have a good weekend. Take it easy. We will see you on Tuesday. Later. Time travel makes you Bugs called in to the Art Bell Show Tuesday, April 16th. He said in a southern drawl that he and two other men, ex-Marine Vietnam snipers, had shot and killed two big feet in Central California somewhere and had taken 10 Polaroid photos. In December of 1973, the three had been varmint hunting at night, a good time to get bobcats and coyotes for the bounty. It was night and they caught eyes in their lights at a distance of 100 yards, which at first they thought was a deer. Bird dog was in back of the pickup truck with twin lights. 500,000 candle power quartz spotlights. They had been hunting critters as professionals for some time. Bugs put his scope to the deer and immediately saw and recognized his target. At first hunched over, 
And it stood up when they stopped the truck. He recognized it as a Bigfoot. He automatically fired his .243 with his 125 grain bullets. Heavy load, but still only good for varmints. At the same instant, Bird Dog fired his .300 Weatherby, 280 grain bullet. Would have brought down an elephant. The thing went over, then got back up, stood on his hind feet, and started to run across the field. We fired again at it, then he jumped up again and we fired a third time and it lunged and hit the fence, but got down into a riverbed and was gone. It was 2.30 a.m. and the thing was too big to go looking for at night, so they drove around until light. At 7.30 to 8 a.m., they picked up a heavy blood trail and followed it along the river for half a mile and up into a ravine where they came to a dense thicket of wild plum trees, about 50 by 100 feet long, dense enough you couldn't see into it even though there were no leaves. The blood trail led directly into it. Who's going in? They flipped a coin. I was never very lucky. Bugs crawled in 50 feet on his stomach, and a creature came at him, crawling on all fours. The sound was like a scream like nothing I ever heard, and she kept coming at me. The hair on the back of my head went up. It sounded nothing like a Bigfoot record that was played earlier on the radio. I had a 44 Magnum handgun with 240 grain shells and an overcharge, and I was fired. And she knocked back there three or four feet and came again at me. And again, and I fired. And again, the third time. All three shots had been head shots. This time she stood up and I fired a fourth time. And the same time, both of my companions could see her and she stood up five or six feet in the brush and they both fired at her also. That time she went down and I could see that she wasn't breathing. So we crawled in. The dead male laid about 10 feet away. I noticed they both had organs like humans. The three of us drug the bodies out of the brush. The bodies looked like they were human except that they were covered in reddish-brown hair. There was no clothing. The nose was like a human's, though the mouth was ape-like, no lips. The eyes were half-human, half-ape, and they had large, protruding foreheads with a short neck in front. The overall face was half-ape and half-human. From the backside, there was no neck at all. It was all muscle. The male stood about seven and a half feet at about 350 pounds, and the female at seven foot at about 300 pounds. What are we going to do with them, they asked. They came to the conclusion that they might go to prison for killing them and decided to stay quiet. This is probably true. Some DA out to make a name for himself, win or lose, would have something to gain with a murder trial. Lots of publicity. They took 10 Polaroid photos and divided them. Bugs lost his when his house burned down. He's also gotten rid of his extensive gun collection and doesn't own a weapon anymore. I happen to think it's true. I lean towards believing it, is what Art Bell had said. He had received hundreds of faxes, and they seemed to be running 80-90% to 90% belief in the story. Others called in. 
Fred, a Kansas police officer, said the bullet loads were not available commercially and that momentum would carry the female forward after he shot her in the back. Why were they carrying a 300 Weatherby, very powerful violent recoil for Bear? He doubted the story. Mike in Las Vegas, his partner and, and him were on patrol. The government listens to you nightly, just waiting for something like this to happen. The caller Bugs gave too much information about himself, and he bet his paycheck that as he spoke to the government, people were zeroing in on him. Once found, we'll never know the truth about his story. Art Bell said, I think you're probably right. Bugs was a Vietnam vet, pelt sale records, house burned, and a number on his facts will tell you where it was posted from. What else did he miss? From Bugs, I ain't going to jail. I can't take that chance now. Nothing has been heard from him since. Think he might have been scared off? Or maybe, as one caller suggested, go to the site, mark it with fluorescent spray paint, give Art Bell a map, and Bugs is involved. Did it happen? Don't know. I haven't heard anything. Maybe he's in jail. Maybe the whole thing's been made up. A month from now, no word. Maybe it was a hoax. Or he couldn't get his buddies to consent to digging the dead Bigfoot up. <laughs>